This week on Tapping In, we're going to be tapping into our hearts and touching on some painful subjects and discussing heartbreak. How do we deal with it? What happens in the aftermath once we put those pieces of our heart back together? Does it come back stronger? Does it come back more frail? Are we ever truly the same after it happens? And how do we handle it based on where it's happening, whether it's love, work, or on the jujitsu mats? All that and so, so much more this week on Tapping In. Sit back and enjoy the show. Here we go. Yeah, baby. We're back, baby. It's been a while. Well, we're back. We're back. I had a quick taps episode this week. I thought that was really, really good. Thanks. Completely off the cuff. It really was. I mean, do you feel good doing those things? Like, uh, do you feel like you get a different perspective when you do those? I'm going to be honest. As opposed to this? So with this, this feels more like therapeutic therapy session. I can open up. I have my conversation. (laughs) But like it does because I'm I'm really open. Whereas with the quick taps, it feels very... uh, Organic. I don't want to use the word like spiritual, but it feels very like cleansing. Like it's like I... And I kind of touched on it. It's like I have something on my brain, on my mind, in my heart. And and I'm feeling it, and maybe somebody else, maybe I'm the only person feeling this, but I'm going to throw it out there. And if it resonates with you, like you're not alone right. with what I'm saying. Yeah, I get I'm it. Very, I'm much more vulnerable with the quick taps because there's nobody here well, to reel me more, in. You're bringing in. You're bringing up more sort of vulnerable topics at that point. Yeah. And, and and it's like a really interesting metaphor how you do it, you know? And, and I just, I enjoy it, man. Yeah, I enjoyed this one, but, um, you know, this one I was really like, I really open myself up where I'm like, so many yeah. people are watching me and they're like, oh, this guy's killing it. And I'm like, am I? Because I don't feel like I am. <laughs> like, I don't feel like, like what you see and what I feel are two different things. I'm looking at other people and it's like, you got to realize like, maybe stop, pump the brakes. That is something with a lot of people though. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I think everybody that has a spark of, I don't know, uh, charisma, has a spark of talent, whatever it happens to be, they're all like, when's my next step going to happen? And I know we've had this discussion a thousand times. But it's like you get impatient or you're like, maybe this shit ain't happening, you know? And I yeah. know a lot of people are like that. I mean, it's like I'm like I've met so many talented musicians that are well, they're not better than me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you know, but, uh, listen, like the they the, ain't going to make it is the point. No, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. But yeah. it's. You know, but I'm really just trying to, you know, like, for example, with the school, you know, we've got, you know, 250 students or something right. like that. And for me, I'm like, man, let's get to 300. Let's get to this. But it's like, man, how many schools don't make it to 100? Fucking A. Absolutely. And it's like, like, you're all right. Like, the fact that you're already thinking about three, like, you'll get there. It's coming. Just keep on the path. But, yeah. you know, it's just, it's just the way I am, man. I want more. I want it now. I want everything. Absolutely. And sometimes I got to just take a break and it's like, enjoy what you have because what you have is more than most. Yeah. But you definitely want that next step too. I want it all, man. <laughs> I want it all. I Believe want it all. Believe me, there are nights when it's like, I'm sitting there playing the piano and I'm singing and my voice is sounding good and I'm like, God damn, I'm the best musician nobody's ever heard. You know? <laughs> I, uh, I, Yeah. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. You just got to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. I, that's what it is, man. I mean, who the fuck knows what that little moment of serendipity is when, when like, suddenly you get that spark of fame or whatever yeah, it is. And, and, I mean, I don't feel like I'm spreading myself thin because everything I do feeds the other one, right? Right. So, like... It's ju- all interconnected. Yeah, like, no the, the academy only benefits from me refing at ADCC. And, right. And, and the podcast certainly, rep, uh, you know... 
and the podcast benefits from Bounce ABCC and the school. And then the podcast actually brings people into the school. Mm-hmm. And then the school keeps me sharp for ADCC. And the school also gives me things to talk. Like they all feed each other. Exactly. You know, it's just one very big animal that needs to be fed. And then you have your, you know, side job. My, my main job. <laughs> your main job, exactly. Which That's not like, for nothing, I'm fucking good at. <laughs> Absolutely, man. <laughs> and even that, like I'm wheeling and dealing trying to get promotions. I'm like, come on, baby, let's do this. Everything is like, <laughs> it's like you're a juggler with like 19 balls in the air. Yeah, but I'm like, yo, somebody throw me a bigger ball. Like, let's wait, wait, go. And, and then you and then you come home, and it's the old story where the wife says, "Take the garbage out." Oh, you know, come on, big time. Look at Take no the garbage respect. out. No respect. Hey, I'm all right now. Last week I was no in rough respect. shape. <laughs> I know I'm ugly. Take my wife, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm ugly. I went into a bank. They turned off the cameras. <laughs> he was the best man. <laughs> Rodney is amazing. But, but yeah, man. I mean, so a lot of things going on. A lot of things happening. We're in the middle of the holiday season. You want to expand on that? Oh, dude. So we're in the middle of the holiday season. Yeah. We got Hanukkah. How great, how great is the holiday season? So I, I, mean, so I know it's an obvious statement, but I mean, it is. I just love it. Listen, I'm not a big like holiday guy. Like I no? don't, nah, dude. Like I don't see the Christmas trees and get all, you know, fucking fuzzy and jolly. I do. Dude. I, yeah. Not me. No. My son. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> my son is Clark Griswold. Nice. Dude. He's like, we're in the car yesterday. He's like, Mama, Dada. We're like, yeah. He goes, I love Christmas. <laughs> he loves the lights. He loves the Christmas trees, putting on ornaments. He's wearing his Christmas pajamas. He's he's eating dinner with like an elf hat that you hit play. Love it. And it's like, here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. And it like twists sides. He's wearing that for dinner. I'm like, what is going on? He's going to carry right that into his adulthood. Too. 100%. Well, that's yeah. what I Clark Criswold. I was like, Steph, right. we're going to be at his house. And he's gonna be like, come on, Dad, don't you love Christmas? I'm like, Benny. <laughs> what the fuck are all these lights? What's your electric bill like, kid? Yeah, exactly. You know, but he. Do you, guys, do you guys do the Christmas uh, lights thing? Oh yeah, putting them up tomorrow. Oh wow, that yeah. is one thing I'm glad I don't have to do. A little delayed. That's a little I mean, late. Dude, that looks like a hassle. It is. I mean, <laughs> there it are some is. guys that really, really do it right. I drink. Oh, is that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I do. Give me that whiskey double. Yeah, I, do. I don't. I don't get to the point where I'm going to fall off the ladder, <laughs> but enough where like it's it's borderline an Olympic sport. Right. Like it's a skill challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my patience is better. My my oh, artistic really? side is more like you know open. Now, what happens when is it true? Like, if one light is out, they're all out. I mean, yeah. is that God damn? That must be that would get all over my nerves and heart. Yeah, but you, they sell. You can buy like a oh, little you can buy bulb. Like, okay, yeah, okay. and you just you like plug it in, and then they all light up. Except like it gives it enough juice where okay, like they good. all light up, except the ones that are out. Now, there's a side of me that would also also get freaked out knowing I have all that electricity burning in my house. Not not in terms of like the money, but just like shit fire like starts a fire. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not supposed to leave your Christmas tree on at night. Okay. You're All supposed right. to water your Christmas tree every like two oh, weeks. Oh, so you're a real deal Christmas uh, tree person. You, oh, yeah, you're not doing yeah, the, the nah, fake? No I would fake go the fake. Shit, bro. I'd we go, go fake. real deal. <laughs> I'd go fake. We fucking blow that money every year. <laughs> nice. It's funny. Last year was our first year in the new house. And, you know, our old house had like, you know, uh, nine or 10 foot ceilings. It was real nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This house has like eight foot ceilings because it's like, you know, from the 60s. So Uh not my fave, so it limits the tree, (laughs) but last year we didn't know how to properly do it, so we just got a tree. 
we couldn't get one from anywhere. We didn't know where to go. We didn't. Okay. So we ended up getting one from like Home Depot. It's the shittiest tree we ever had. <laughs> I didn't realize how bad it was until we got our tree now, this year. Now, what makes a Christmas tree shitty as opposed it's, to a it's, great one? It's short. It was skinny. It Explain did not have a... to this Jew. It, like, I could see through it, it. I could see through it. Like, okay. I could see the branches. It looked malnourished. Oh, so it was kind of like the Charlie Brown yeah, Christmas yeah, tree. Yeah, yeah, It was so bad. But I didn't realize how bad it was until okay. this year when we got, we got our tree yesterday. And I was like, oh... <laughs> Steph showed me pictures from last year. I was like, "Oh Jesus, maybe that'll be this this week's like episode picture, like just last year's Christmas right. tree, like this awful <laughs> tree." Uh, but this year's tree is beautiful. It's absolutely phenomenal. Oh, we awesome. found a place right down the road from our house. This guy, I don't, I'm a, my my belief is I think he was a local police officer who retired. Okay, and then opened He's now up the like, Christmas tree biz. Well, it's like it's like hardscape and landscape. Oh, okay. and I think he that might have retired sense. and gotten in. There. I was like, okay, good for you. but like. Yeah. He was so excited about the QuickBooks. He goes, yeah, we got QuickBooks here. I was like, okay. I was like, how many guys been open? He goes, ah, a little over a year. We could have done Christmas trees last year. And I was like, the place is gorgeous. He's got oh, a great it? selection of trees. Oh, good deal. You know, we'll see how it, how it lasts. I'll have to drive by and wave. It's beautiful. They got menorahs and shit, too. Dude, it's not the same. Come on. Yeah, Even yeah. I know that. I mean. <laughs> it's beautiful, though. It's so nice. I like the hardscape, and, too. And these days, I don't even want to put my menorah in the window. I'll get a fucking rock thrown in there, probably, by some oh, asshole. Jesus. <laughs> Move out of the neighborhood, asshole. We are living in strange, strange days, times. my friend. No strange kidding. times. I don't, yeah. even, I don't even get near that uh, that topic. But uh, so, well, we got other things going on. Whiff, okay. We got my little Juju Bean, okay, little Juju Bear, the okay. Juju. She's turning five on Sunday. Oh, that's amazing. So last week, Steph took her to go get a haircut. Okay, she's got a, a mop of hair there. Yeah, they straightened it. They took no. off about an inch. She looked like such a big girl. Wait, wait, wait. wait. They, they literally like straighten, because she's full of curls. Yeah, they just straighten it. Is is that a chemical process or is that nah, like, no, no. They're okay, taking iron. A heating just process? Heating oh, process. wow. Okay. Like taking wrinkles out of her shirt. Okay, got it. Same yeah. process. And um, she was cool with it? Like she's- Oh, she loved it. She digging. felt like such a big girl. Ah, oh, that's She great. was like, daddy, do you like my straight hair? <laughs> because she's only seen curly hair and she's like, it really changes your whole look. It really does. Um- I was like, I love your straight hair. I was like, but I like your curly hair the most. Because I don't want her to ever feel like she's prettier with straight hair. It's yeah, like, I love your straight hair, but your curls, like I used to pray for those curls. I would rub mommy's belly and be like, please have Steph's hair. Because <laughs> it's so pretty. Um, so then on Sunday, my sister took her to a photographer to do a photo shoot for her birthday party. Oh, wow. So she was in her birthday party dress. She has these custom sneakers. It's nice. phenomenal. You know, I'm sure I'll post it on the gram. Uh, but, dude, I was so emotional. I was like, that's I'm sure. It. She's our second kid. And, it's and, like, and you get that. It's a different feeling than with the boy. Because the boy is not going to give you that nah, sort of nah, like heart pull. Nah, but she and, and she's turning five. Yeah. And I feel like anyone who has kids might agree with this. I feel like once they turn five, like that's when it's almost like that's the end of baby. Yeah, like the is. baby's kind of gone. It's like now they're yeah. five, and it's like there, there's definite stages of where you see them. Yeah, like two, three. You know, they're still yeah. a little baby, and then Absolutely. four, you kind of see them hit. The, but when they hit five, it's like you're not a baby anymore. Like you're, no. you know, right from wrong. Now you're a big girl. Like she learned how to make coffee on the Keurig. She's like, does anyone coffee? <laughs> Say yes. <laughs> and she's just making people coffee like all day long. I had like three cups the other day. I was like, I'm never going. <laughs> you're to You're wired. Yeah, she's like more coffee. I was like Juju, you can't, you can't just give people coffee, baby. Right, right, right. She's like, why? I was like, it keeps people awake. I was like, and Daddy has uh, ADD, so 
I'm not going to be use, useful to any of you. <laughs> so what would be the next stage? Like, like, you know I don't have girls in my life. I never had a sister, never had uh, a daughter in this. Oh, the What's opposite. their next stage? For girls? Yeah. Like, like take me from five to ten. Because like, I know they mature ten, more than boys. Yeah, five to ten they kind of start figuring out, you know, like what it's like to be a girl. You know, they really start kind of leaning into that a little bit more. Like a, uh, like they become girly girls. Like their femininity. Yeah. I thought that would be like the tomboy stage. I don't know, man. I'm going to be honest. I don't fucking know. I'm pulling the shit on my ass. <laughs> I don't know what the next stage is. I'll figure it out. When my sister was five, I was eight. I wasn't paying Here attention. She was painting my you. ass. We'll want... figure it out. I know what the next stage for my boy is. What's that? Fucking complete athletics. maniac and moron. And then Athletics. Hit... Five he... to ten years old. Shows off a little athletics. He's doing wrestling this year. Right. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> the jury's still out. I think he might have gotten mommy's genetics in that department. That's but interesting. That boy is strong. Yeah. I mean, geez, he his, is strong. His genetics man. are pretty, uh, his pretty bot, good. His bottom half is so thick. And you know that's where the power comes from. All of it. Yeah. I look at him. I'm like, if I had your lower body, I'd be in the NFL. Yeah. He's built like Nikki Bosa from the waist down. Wow. He was in the in the kitchen the other day. Uh, right before wrestling practice. And I was like, dude, where are your pants? And he's like, I'm wearing them. And I'm like, what? I thought he was in his like underwear. He was wearing a youth large pair of shorts from <laughs> Alva. And they looked like bicycle pants. He's so thick. It's yeah. wild. Yeah. It's wild. Those are the guys. Those are the scary dudes on the mats. I was telling, well, Chris Balding, uh, one of our students here, is the wrestling coach there. And I told him, I was like, look, he's got to work on his bottom. But I'm telling you right now, if he sprawls on a kid, that kid ain't moving. Exactly. <laughs> sure. So they mean, put him, they've had to put him with like bigger kids. Hip and like, control. Are you yeah. kidding me? Wow. He's getting there. So I'm excited. I'll tell you this. Well, I mean, the when I go through the, the mall, for instance, because that's where I feel Christmas the most. And it's like, it's nice. People are nice. They're really like kind of easygoing. And I, I'm a huge fan of capitalism too. So it's like I like watching stores doing well. It used to kill me to like go through stores during COVID and like nobody was around and like just a bummer. But malls now it's nice. Malls are depressing, man. They're oh, getting emptier them. and emptier. I love them, man. I do too. I love movie theaters too, but it's sad when I go there. Movie theaters are taking a beating. Yeah. They're taking a beating because they're putting out shit movies. Well, it's it's that simple. Too. I mean, it's that simple. They got to learn that lesson already. Hopefully they are. They won't. They're just going to keep making superhero movies. Mm. All right. I need your advice on something. Oh, give it to me. Yeah. The Pook stars. Uh... <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know what it is. Like, my wife is really, really interesting, and she's really unique as a human being, and she's very, very, um, she likes to have fun with people, mm -hmm. you know, very, very quick-witted kind of thing. But it's like, when she doesn't like somebody, She'll say to me, oh, you'll meet her. She's a bitch. You'll meet her. She's a real jerk. And I meet the person, and I actually like the person. And then I turn around and look at Pookie, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, like, I'm thinking that, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. how do you not like this person? Is it typically women she says that about? Of course. Yeah, so I'll tell you what that is. She is a guy's girl, even at this age, which Yeah, is strange. I'll tell you what happens. She meets someone that's also a guy's girl. And she doesn't like them. Wow. You may be right about that. I didn't even think about that. It's someone that presents a, a I don't want to say a threat, but they, they almost like a rivalry. 
It's like you found okay. someone that can also offer what you offer, and therefore you don't like them. And that's very <laughs> common with females. Okay. Could you just expand on that just a little bit? Because if you flip that script and she she doesn't like girls' girls, though. No. Well, she probably just doesn't like them because she doesn't respect them. And she finds them boring. Yeah. So. Yeah. But when she finds someone who's like who has the same qualities or can right. bring what she brings to the party, exactly. it's like, oh, now you're challenging my spot. I don't That's like you. That's kind of what I'm, yeah, I'm That's sensing that. Women have a very interesting sixth they sense. They really too. do. So I'm going to tell you a funny That's story. What I, That's what intrigues me about them. So I'm going to tell you a funny story. Go back. Uh, so I had my 20, 20 year high school reunion yeah. last week. I did not go. Yeah, Worthington told me about it too. I was going to go. And then I was like, you know what? You know where to find me. <laughs> it's not like I'm like why, some, seriously. Why didn't you go though? It was my wife's birthday, and then really what uh, it came down to was it was that. It's like she would have let that fly though. Yeah, hundred percent. Two of you would have gone together. She was all for it, but part of me was just like, you know what? I live my life very open. It's it's on okay. Facebook. It's on Instagram. You can find me. I have a podcast. Right, right, right. So it's like if you really want to see me, you know where to find me. Okay. Fair enough. And a lot of the people who I haven't seen in 20 years, I mean, I really don't give a fuck about seeing them. Yeah. You know, because it would have been great. Be like, oh my God, how are you? What's going it's on? It's the same conversation. I got married. I had kids. That's yeah. awesome. Where are you uh, working? That's great. Right. All right. Good seeing you. <laughs> hey, Marvin, we'll see you at the, yeah. uh, the next uh, reunion yeah. here. And then there's like, you know, the, there's like the people that are really anxious for the 20 year reunion. Yeah. They can't wait to like have that moment where they can take the pictures with the kids who would have never taken a picture with them 20 years ago. Oh, okay. So you're saying like the nerds kind of like... Yeah, it's like for that one night they can they, be like, oh, yeah. I hung out with so-and-so. They it's rock like, started up. It's like, dude, like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so I chose not to go. And I'm not going to say that I regret not going, but there were certain people there where I was like, you know, it would have been nice to see you and talk to you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So Worthington sent me a couple pictures and I was like, ah. I was yeah, like, tell yeah, him I yeah. say hello. Right on. Um. But it's funny because we're looking at pictures and I'm like looking through like Instagram. My, my wife's looking okay. at the pictures and we get to one picture and she's like, who's that? Okay. It's a random face. And I was okay. like, who? She's like, that. Who's that girl? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so random. The one that's still smoking hot. <laughs> oh my. I go to her. I was like, that's hilarious. She's like, why? I was like, I was in love with her. In right, high school. Right. She's like, really? I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, head over heels. She's like, what happened? I was like, nothing. She didn't see me. I was like, I was invisible to her. Yeah. I didn't wear Birkenstocks and cargo shorts. And Steph was like, I can see that. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, how did you know? Like, you just looked at that picture and right away something was like... Zeroed in on it. It's like, there's something here. Yeah, yeah, There's something here between her and my husband. It's like, that's why, like, literally there's nothing there. But it's funny you spotted that. Interesting. (laughs) Women are interesting, man. So, all right. Are you the kind of husband... Because I'm I'm bluntly honest. I did find out that that person asked about me at the reunion. That made me feel good. I was like... (laughs) Fuck yeah! I, was like, I should have gone. <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right, so we. <laughs> it does feel good. It does, it does of good. course it does. <laughs> if I would have shown up, it would have felt better. Cause like I look fucking great. So all right, so I still got my hair and shit. Are you? I can the... see my dick. My belly's not hanging over my fucking pants. <laughs> that is I'm athletic. Cute. I can fight. 
Like, let's be honest. I'll beat your husband's ass. I probably look better than your Make husband. Make a good living. I mean, yeah. the whole thing. I can outfuck your husband. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, I'm winning everywhere. Let's go. Winning. Absolutely. Winning. So, were, were you the kind of guy in high school, though? Oh, uh, no. I was a prick. No, 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 no. I wasn't going there. Were you the kind of guy that, like, you'd come into, like, a high school party, mm-hmm. and you just kind of, like, hang out off to the side a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, because that was me, too. Yeah, I hung out with my crew, and that was pretty much it. So what I'm asking is, would you have been the same way at the reunion, or would you have been a little more glad hand? Like, hey, how you doing? I'm here, you know, and that kind of thing. No, I would have been the same way. Yeah, you just would have hung at the table, yep. and people would have like moseyed on over to you, and if they didn't, fuck them. And, kind of thing. and within an hour, it would have been me, three old fashions in, holding court. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. And everyone like, what the fuck happened with Miguel? And the people that knew me would have been like, nothing. Nothing. That's that always him. been him. Wow. Wow. I remember I feel maybe like way. five years after high school, I hung out with someone. And uh, it was it was two guys. And we were hanging out. And I was like, just doing what I do. And they okay. were fucking cracking up. And one was like, dude, why weren't, why didn't you act like this in high school? Yeah, and I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. He's like, dude, I never heard you tell a joke in high school. I was like, yeah, because you didn't deserve it. <laughs> He's like, what? I was like, all my friends heard the fucking jokes and the stories. I was like, but we weren't friends. So right, why was I going right, to tell right. you a joke to impress you? Do you did you uh, like when you meet people sometimes, do you ever drop hints of what you're like showing off a little bit? Nah. Oh, you don't? Nah. I sometimes drop that. That's kind of leaving. I'm a little shallow that way. I try not to show people shit. No. But when okay. they get it, they get it. Okay. Yeah. Like, Cause like I can't stop myself. It's like a freight train. Once it starts going, train's out of the station. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those, those old fashions took over. It's a rap skis. <laughs> See, like we went out to dinner with this couple and, uh, she, Lane said to me, you said something that was really a dick line, but I, I know you meant it. And uh, the line was this. We were just sitting there. It was a really, really uh, great Italian restaurant in Morristown. And uh, mm. they're asking, what uh, you know? What, what are you doing now? And I'm like, I'm retired. And like he's still working. And, and like the wife goes, why aren't you retired to the husband? I'm like, can't help you with that. Yeah. And Lane goes to me afterwards. She goes, why did you say that? And I said, I don't know, every now and then I just want to rub it into people. It's like, like, I'm done. <laughs> exactly. I'm riding the I could do whatever the fuck I yeah. want. And I'm in good shape. I trained jiu-jitsu. I got you. a podcast. Fuck off. But, all right, so I'm I asking. wake up every day. I'm like, God, it's good to be me. <laughs> That's exactly what I do. <laughs> I look in the mirror and I say, you know what? You got it going on, brother. Listen. But, but I'm asking yes, you, yes. do you do that? I was just going to say. For as much as I stress and I want to do this and I want to do that and I want the school to hit 500 uh-huh. students, and I do take a step back some days and I'm like, you know what? It's not pretty. It's not bad being. Me. It's <laughs> it's pretty I. fucking good. No, but you drop hints to uh, to like people you hadn't seen in a while or something like that. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a dick that way. No. You know why? I I let them just kind of figure it out. Well, like perfect example. Okay. Uh, You're for, more humble than me, essentially. I just like to surprise people. Like even my wife, like she doesn't okay. like she she gets it but she doesn't. And she started getting it with the school when like people were stopping us out in random like in public. Right. And like you know, we'd be at the moment here like professor and she'd be like, "Oh my god." And she's like, "Who is that?" I was like, "Oh." They... And then when she came to East Coast trials and she saw how 
you know, receptive everyone was of her and the things they had to say about me. And then like, you know, like the, Hey, do you have a second and like a real conversation with important people? And it's like, she's yeah. like, Oh, this is, this is different. But you mentioned the ADCC one where Mo came up to you. Yeah. Okay. Now that's slick. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mo was around there and he like, like I saw him and then he came up to me and he's like, Hey, but I was like, Hey Mo, I, I know you're busy. I just want to introduce you to my wife real quick. He goes, Oh my God. So nice to meet you. Thank you for letting right me borrow this guy. And then he's like, hey, for the finals, real quick, not to cut this off. And it was a conversation. Right. Uh. And she's looking at it like, oh, like, like this is like, this is, these are like those like back room, like this is what you're doing, like get ready. <laughs> like we're running three refs for the finals. You and Jarno are going one and two. You're going to each have three matches, like be ready. And I was like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, but you're dropping that to your wife, which is great. Okay. She's seeing it. She's right there okay. two feet away from me. <laughs> okay. With my mother-in-law and my kids. My mother-in-law's so lost. She's like, <laughs> my mother-in-law's like this sweet, Caucasian, blonde hair, blue eyes, like college, go to work. And then she's like this. My wife married a guy who's making a living with like heathens. Yeah. Like this is wild. Like this is rock star shit. I met. I'm like, fuck yeah, it is. It's awesome. I Absolutely. love it. Absolutely. And she's like, I met some cool people and you're yeah. hanging out with those cool people and- by definition, you're a cool guy you're at cool. that point. But but it uh yeah, I don't tell people anything. I just kinda let them figure it out. Like even when like people like from high school or from work come to visit the school, they're like, This is your school? I'm like, Yeah. They're like, <laughs> This is big. I'm like, Yeah. Yeah. Feels good, like, man. They're like, Holy shit. And I'm like, Yeah, what did you think I had? I was like, That was, that was the last school. <laughs> like that was a, a game? You know, like when the podcast hits, you know, X amount of streams. But again, it's like they say, wow, this is your school. And I'm like, eh, I wish it was bigger. Or they're like, wow, your yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. had 40,000 streams. I'm like, I wish I had 40 million. Like, yeah. But that's something I'm really working on. It's like, don't focus on what it could be and should be. Focus on what it is and realize it's better than a lot of people. Okay. I mean, not, even if you just take away the fame aspect just for a second, okay, it's you're doing something not many people do, you know? It, it, yeah. you're, you're living a life that that's pretty fucking cool on a variety of levels. Well, when I saw the ADCC tickets selling out, and I was like joking with people, I was like, "I'll be there." <laughs> but for me, I'm like, "That's kind of that's a cool flex." It's like I am going to be without there. a doubt, and I'm going to be center stage, and I'll be on the mats with Bruce Buffer again, and I'll be refing the World Championship Finals like again. Like it's, I'm going to have the best seat in the house. Okay, I'm going to have the absolutely. best matches, and I'm going to be able to tell the guys like to move, stay here, stay there, control like. I hate, like, I don't do a lot of, like, action calls, especially yeah, yeah, at yeah. that level, because, like, uh -huh. I understand, like, it might not look like much, but I know they're working. Mm. I give a signal to the table. It looks like I'm climbing a ladder, but that's my way of telling the table, like, they're moving, like, they're climbing. Like, you know, I know you're yeah. going to be like, action, but, like, they're doing work, dude. Like, these are the best in the world. They're not going to run around like monkeys humping a football. Mm -hmm. Like, understand what they're doing. Shit's hard. <laughs> it's fucking hard. All right, so I got one more advice thing, too. There's a dude that hooked that came back into my life. I hadn't spoken to him in like 15 something years and he doesn't want to get together. He doesn't. Yeah. What's that all about? Wait. So how do he come back into your life? He saw me on whatever, you know, I mean, every, every now and then people Google and you know, I, I have different videos and whatever. So he, he ended up getting back in touch with me and I'm like, Hey man, that's great. That's great. You know, how are you, how's what's going on in your life? He's explaining this and that. And I said, okay, when are we getting together? And it's like, there's just never any follow-up. So what is that? Is that just like he's got nothing in his life and he doesn't like that I've got? I, like, like, explain this to me. Sometimes people just don't want to hang out. Yeah, I guess so. 
Is that the deal? Yeah, it's that easy, man. Listen, there's I a lot of people my... that I love and I'll get in contact with and like, man, like, let's do something. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Perfect example. I got a text message this morning. Okay. It was like, hey, from, from my, my best friend, Sean. I love him to fucking death. He's my best friend. Godfather of both my kids. He's like, hey, uh, you want to go to the Giants-Packers game on Monday? Right. I said, probably not. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, why? Everything all right? I was like, I got two guys competing in Worlds. I was right. like, they come back with medals? I'm going to be there to cheer them on when they come in. Right on. Yeah. He goes, word. He goes, well, listen, I'll save your spot for the ticket. I got the tickets, and then if anything, I'll just go with someone else. I was like, dude, I appreciate it. But you know, I was like, it sucks. Like, but those are the things people don't realize. But that's also a different thing than this, because you've been with Sean. He, you know you'll get together with the kids and all that other things. But I'm talking about a guy like just gets back in touch with you, and you're like, hey, man, let's get together. He just and might not want to hang out, dude. Maybe some, some people don't like hanging out. All right. Some people just like staying inside the house. All right. Those are the people I just, I, I guess I, I push them down in my uh, list of friends at that point. Uh, yeah. They stay at the acquaintance level. I, I'd rather keep most people at the acquaintance level. <laughs> the friend level is a, that's a, that's a very, that's a commitment, legitimate level. I know. Let's say like, that's my friend. Right. And even that there's levels. It's like, that's a friend of mine. It's like, that's my friend. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like, that's one of my best friends. That's my brother. Thankfully, I don't have too many of those types, you know. Uh, I know, but I, that's the advice. All right, my man. So the topic tonight, since you had brought it up, was I did. This is one of the few times I picked a topic. I'll give you a hint. Well, since my baby left me, I found a new place to dwell. Heartbreak Hotel, baby. It's down at the end of the Give me a little Elvis. Wait, okay. not not to cut off Elvis, dude. <laughs> not to cut, dude. Yeah. ADCC trials, March thirtieth and thirty first. I'm getting subject whiplash okay. in Vegas. Okay. No, we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Oh, right. tailing back in Vegas. Dream come true. What? It's back at the Westgate. Oh, Elvis. Oh, I saw that. I was like, let's go. Because now I know. Now right. I know. It's the former the Continental. Exactly. I'm like, I'm gonna be like, you gotta go up to the penthouse. I'm gonna be like, Mo, please, like who, <laughs> like please, like someone, someone here of importance, help me get to that penthouse. How? Like, I'm gonna go see Barry Manilow just to sit in that fucking theater. Exactly. Like, this is the fucking house that Elvis built. Yeah. I saw Barry, by the way. I mean, he puts on a good show, but it's like he's a little ancient. Yeah, he's, if, you, if he he's farts, like he might disintegrate. Exactly. I don't know how these guys do it, man. I don't get it either, man. Drugs. I, I don't know. You don't I think mean, he takes a little bit? He's just addicted to the rock little, star lifestyle? Pop, I mean, like you're saying like he takes a little pop of uh, Coke yeah, or something, something like that? Just to get him going. Up. I mean, listen, when you're that famous. Yeah, he's pretty famous. Like, why would, You would want to live forever. Yeah. You know who wants to die young? People that don't like being famous. You know who <laughs> yeah. likes to live? People that the like people, being famous. People that don't go to the reunions versus the people that do go to the reunions. <laughs> listen, this is going back. Talk like to Barry Worthington. Manilow is not going to his reunion. Dude, no. I talked to Worthington. And I got everything I needed to know. He's like, dude, <laughs> everywhere I fucking went, before people even asked me, he goes, a lot of people were like talking, goes, so many people before they even asked me about anything, like, oh my God, Steve, where's Miguel? Mm -hmm. I'm right. like, let him keep wanting it. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm not anywhere. Like, I'm not hiding. You're Come not see giving me. them what they want, big guy. Nah, man. Sometimes, you know. Michael Jordan doesn't do autograph signings. Keep it to yourself, huh? Jordan, I'm right here. <laughs> you want to see me? You want to get a hold of me? Come here. Listen to the podcast. You'll hear me every week. Come right to the on. school. You can hang out with me. You'll wow. get my raw, undivided, comfortable, 
pure self at this academy. That's true. You want me to go fucking hang out with you at a diner and have a drink while I'm trying to have a conversation with you? And then someone's like, hey, tap on the show. Like, yeah, remember, yeah. it's like, oh, God, how are you? <laughs> how are you? Oh, my God. I just, I don't want that shit, man. Then, you know who I'm going to hang out with? I'm going to hang out with the same motherfuckers I hung out with 20 years ago. That's an interesting thing. I'll tell you a weird thing. Like, when I went to my 20th, there were, I, I found it amazing. Like, when I was in high school, there were sort of cliques. You yeah, know, of course. The athletes, the theater kids, the band kids, the this kids, the that kids. But it broke down at the 20th reunion more into ethnicities. How weird is that? Like there was an Italian table. There was a Jewish table. There was a you know Asian table. There was this. It got weird. Like all, And they were mixing at that point. Like the theater Asian kid was hanging out with the basketball Asian kid. And it just it just became because very Because once ethnic. you leave high school, you're not in theater anymore. You're not Bingo. basketball anymore. So you find That's your group. It, you you find your ethnicity. Group. Yeah. And depending on where you go to school, it's like, you know, you might go to school where it's like, you know what? My high school didn't have a lot of black kids. Right. So we now you go no, to- We had no black kids. Yeah. My, uh, and now you go to like, you know, uh, an HBCU and like, you're like, yeah, like- you, know, you start finding yourself in That's college a little saying. bit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and you realize like, oh, like it's not the sport that I that identified me or defined me. It's like no, like it's it's my culture. That's exactly what it was. And then and you start creating beliefs, and you know, that's what happens. <laughs> Thank you for explaining the world to me. So I'm, listen, man, it's not hard to explain. It's pretty <laughs> fucking. I don't think the world's as complicated as people think. Understand human psychology. Understand how people think, and you'll understand how they behave. All right. So I have one more question before we get into the subject, though. Do you, for the podcast, do you find yourself revving up for it or do you just like say, I'm sitting in the seat, I'm just going to start talking now? Oh, no, I sit in the seat. I forget that people actually listen. That's kind of what I'm doing too. Yeah. So I've said it from since the day one. I wanted this podcast to just be our regular conversations that we used to have mm -hmm. every night anyway, except now there's microphones. Okay. All right. Because that's what I'm saying. It becomes very authentic when you are that way. As opposed to revving up for it. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> Rev up to say, like, all right, I'm going to say some cool shit tonight. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say. That's right. I don't know what I'm going to say half the time anyway. And then right. when people are like, man, you said something tonight that really like resonated with me in the quick taps. I'm like, uh-huh. what What did I say? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I said a lot. I love when people send me memes about things and I'm like, I don't get it. And they're like, oh, you said this on the podcast. I'm like, oh, God. You know I what? Did? Yeah, I saw something like that, too. David is great for that stuff. David out in Chicago. David's a man. He sends me shit and all the time, and I'm like, am I, like, am I not getting it for some reason? Am I too old? I, David, if you're listening to this, he's awesome. Get out of your fucking head and go train. Oh, he, I didn't know he was. Uh, go train. He knows what I'm talking about. He's Get just your ass to the school, buddy. He's a good dude. Great, really good dude. dude. Stop overthinking it. Go train. Wow, Tony the cop too, baby. Love that dude. Great dudes. We got great fans. All right, here we go. Heartbreak. heartbreak heartbreak i'm excited baby. about this topic <laughs> you, you were the one that suggested it yeah man so I'm why excited. did why did you suggest it like what were your thoughts on it <sighs> i forget what and when we say heartbreak we're talking bjj heartbreak we're talking about life heartbreak, all of love it. heartbreak all of career it career heartbreak all of it i really can't remember what brought it up i think i saw something on instagram right. or like like somebody might have like broken up with someone i could see it and i'm just like People really don't know how to deal with heartbreak. They don't. And I, for one, uh-huh. love it. <laughs> I do, man. The floor is yours. Oh, what are you do. fucking talking about? Listen, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Take a look at pro athletes, right? Go. They tear an ACL. They tear an Achilles. They right. do this. Okay. They've got to rehab it. Yes. Some 
let it really hinder them and then destroy them. They okay. never trust the knee. They never trust the rehab. They don't yeah, come yeah, back yeah. the same. I see what you mean. Yeah. But others are like, you know what? I've got 12 months where all I can do is rehab. I'm going to rehab the shit out of my knee. And I'm going to rehab everything else. Right. I'm going to let my whole body rest. I'm going to get that knee stronger than ever. And they come back better than ever. Yeah. Those are rare. They use, But it's because they take that negative moment and they're like, I have to recover from this. I'm going to recover one way or another. Right. But will I come back better? Yeah. And some do. Some do. And I think that's what I love because heartbreak, you're going to recover. Right. Your your wounds will heal. You know, you will you will see the sunlight again. Totally you will agree. hear the birds totally chirping agree. again. Absolutely. But how will you come out of it? Some people come out stronger, more aware, more awake, more understanding of their own feelings and their own weaknesses and flaws, while others, you know, give up on the dream, give up on the job, stop dating, start hating men or women. It's like, no, 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 no. You lost... You lost what that was supposed to do. That pain was supposed to have a purpose. It was supposed yeah. to show you how to get to the next one. And drive and, you. And yeah. drive you and not have that heartache. Right. It's like, you know yeah. what? This is how this happened. What steps did you ignore that put you there? Wow. Or even even like it in terms of romance. I mean, maybe the, the girl just like skittered off to another guy or something like that or didn't want to be with you. And maybe you really didn't do anything wrong, but that's another lesson. Not necessarily wrong, but you should have paid attention to the signs. And I'm going to get into that because I've been down that road, my friend. (laughs) I've I've had my heart fucking stomped on, bro. I've never had uh, my heart broken. Oh, my God. I got fucking. (laughs) Like when people are like, I don't know how you talk about women on your podcast like that. I was like, because they were fucking awful to me. They were so awful. I was raised by women and I was such a gentleman and kind and polite and nice and, you know, Prince Charming and all the shit they wanted you to be. And they all treated me like shit. Every single one of them. And what did they create? A fucking monster. And it wasn't until I met my wife where I was like, you know what? And even that, like, Steph didn't get, like, nice me right out the gate. I remember... We were probably just talking to each other, not officially dating, but officially, you know, I like you, you like me. Yeah. Yeah. I had a ski trip, which was really just my friends were going to go skiing and I was going to hang out and, you know, Mm -hmm. enjoy my time. And I remember saying, hey, I'm going to be with my friends on this trip. I'll talk to you when I got a free moment, but don't expect to hear from me. Right. Okay. Now, what I wanted to do was text her all day. (laughs) <laughs> but but I had learned from previous You're playing a game breaks, correctly. Not even a game, dude. It's not even a game. It is. It's well, it's creating strategy. It's creating behavior. Okay. It's setting precedent. Setting precedent. And I had learned from other ones that if I make you a priority when I'm on my time, then the minute I don't make you a priority, I'm the problem. When in reality, it's you not respecting my time. 
I'm okay. hanging out with the guys tonight. I'm texting you all night. I miss you. I should have stayed home. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I'm doing this. Well, guess what? Now, six months later, two years later, five years later, when taking, I'm out with the guys, like, what are you doing? Why didn't you text me all yeah, night? Exactly. What were you doing? Yeah. Who is? It's like, you did that because right. you created that situation. Right, right. Because you made her the priority or him the priority at a time when it should have been your time. You're setting the precedence correctly. Yes. I've had that conversation many, many times. You, you guys know like, hey, yeah. you're important to me, but you don't take precedent over everything. Right. At a certain point, you will be second or third and you're not, your messages will not get answered. You have to understand that because women, like what they get used and to behavior. And you can't skits out over that. No, but they get used to behavior. Yeah, They get used to being treated a certain way. You can't go back. Does it go the flip way though? Like with like, guys? No, no, no. Yeah, where girls are maybe not as available in a sense. But that's what girls do. That's what I was just. That's about to how say. they girls draw guys in. More. They make themselves because they are unavailable. Because while you're talking to one sort, ten other dudes. Right. Like you're constantly in a competition. Uh, but I'm on this ski trip, and I would literally only text her in the morning. I'd say, "Hey, good morning." Blah blah. She'd be like, "Oh, good morning. How are you?" And then, like, we'd sneak in, like, a little 10-minute phone call, and that was it. And I'd want to text her. And I'd want to, like, yeah, you know, I'm bored. Like, at one point, I was just laying in the bed, like, just watching TV, doing nothing, because the people there were fucking boring. Um, but I didn't. I didn't, because it was my time. That was right. my trip. Do you think that was eating at her a little bit? Of course. And she told me she was, it was very hard. She goes, I'm not going to lie, that wasn't easy. Because I wanted at one point to be like, what the fuck, man? Right. I was like, but I, I was like, but I realized, like, you know what? that's what he wants and Steph also knew she goes I knew that you were very like thin ice ready to go and be like right. nope back to single life this is why I don't do this shit wow um, like, in the beginning I really pushed her to try to make her go crazy I was like come on show it to me okay. show me that crazy I know it's in there yeah yeah let yeah, that yeah. fucking shoe drop I want to see it now Um, I've seen it it's just not really you know the crazy that I was used to <laughs> right. um, you know where like they hit you and like the cops show up and, you know <laughs> that type of shit <laughs> you know you're on the boardwalk in seaside and they're like are you okay miss and it's like am I is she okay oh, she fucking hit me you saw her assault me <laughs> right you know, but I I'm brown that. I remember that story I'm brown and in seaside so you know naturally it's my fault <laughs> I was like I'm going to fucking jail tonight my mom's gonna be so pissed but, you know, it happens. Uh, you could almost get away with Italian, though. I tried to. I tried, <laughs> I bro. I had the blood have, and everything. I think you could. But, uh, you know. So, anyway. So, going back to it. So, my wife gradually started getting treated better and better. Whereas, because by the time I got to her, it was like, like you got to earn this. No Because doubt. in the beginning, I thought it was like, you know, chivalry. Be, and they were all awful. And just awful yeah. and not good. And... You know, you get cheated on and then yeah. like they talk to another guy behind your back and it's like, I'm being so honest and I'm doing everything that my mother told me. But then that goes into another story, which is, I love you ladies. I have a single mom. Women can't raise men. Yeah. There's only, there's certain things that only dad can tell a son. A mother's going to be like, treat them right. Be respectful. You know what I'm going to tell Benny? Hey, treat them right, but ignore them every oh, now and yeah. then. Yeah. Like, do not make yourself openly available all yeah. the time because they will shit on you. These are these are real life lessons. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are really, really. You got to let them know you're ready to walk away. I'll tell you something interesting. It's like in the age of social media, a lot more of this stuff comes out. Whereas when, you know, 
when I was younger, and even when you were younger in, in high school, and, and there wasn't this ubiquity of uh, social media, it, you really had to find these lessons out yourself. The hard way. Yeah, big time. The hard way. And there were some guys that got it, you know, but I always kind of went back to this idea that they have shit marriages probably today because they just kept carrying this stuff. You know, like, I'm never going to give of myself to my wife. You know? Well, look... You see the guys who, when they get a girlfriend, you know they forget about all their guy friends. Yeah, those are the, yeah. the call them simp's. I guess yeah, that's the new days. term. They're simp's. Yeah, uh, and then they break up and they go right back to their boys and they go, right. oh, you know, I hated her. Then they get back together and you lose them again. Right. And listen, every guy's guilty of that. I've I've been guilty of being that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, had plans to hang out with my guys. We're hanging out and then she's crying about like. We finally have a day off at the same time and we're not hanging out. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And you make the choice. Right. And you make the choice. But you think what you're showing them is that you care. And all you're showing them is that they can control you. Yeah. And the second they realize they can control you, they actually lose respect for you. But the heartbreak is supposed to force you to go back right. and look at all those things yeah. and say, what did I put up with? That I didn't like. Yeah. What did I do that was probably wrong? That created mm. the, like maybe you did fuck it up. Maybe you did something, and now you're like, you know, looking at their pictures, like, why well, fucked this up? And it's like, and I've I've been there too. I've been the guy where it's like I'm heartbroken, but it was 100 percent my fault. Right. Nobody else's. And you know, I can pinpoint the moment. We're not going to talk about it, but I can pinpoint the moment where I'm like, I lost you there, and it impacted me. It impacted me. Did you ever feel like you were inauthentic in a relationship and you're saying the next relationship or I'm going to be much more myself? I don't think I was inauthentic, but I will say this. I was, first of all, I didn't have a lot of girlfriends. I like to be a right. free bird. You know, I okay. like to, I spread my wings. If um, I leave here yeah. tomorrow. You know, I, I had a lot of female interests. Like, I, you know, I'd like a girl and I'd really fo- put all my attention on right. that and yeah. just, you know, let's, let's develop this. And then it never <laughs> developed because I was too fucking nice. Okay, and it was too easy, and they were just. So when did when did that uh, switch flip for you? Like to be like, because you, I know you had a long term relationship. Yeah, but and I know you took some notes, mental notes on that after it broke up. Um, because you said you were a different person at that point. Like you, you let her get away with a lot of shit. I didn't let her get away with a lot of shit. I just didn't give a shit. Uh, I want to say it was probably after like I had a, I had a little girlfriend in college. And I want to say that was my biggest eye opener. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's what happened with that one. You're talking sexually or you're talking emotionally? Emotionally. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. that's, that's a big lesson too that yeah, girls want not, it just as much as guys want it. They do. They, you know, you, I mean, they don't cop to it, but it's like they do. everyone's fucking horny. Exactly. Um, you know, like, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but you know, like you hear guys like always talking about like, oh, my wife never, you know, I never get laid. My wife never has sex with me. It's like, well, because how are you trying to, how are you approaching it? Yeah. You're like, can I get laid tonight? That's not sexy. She doesn't want to fuck that. Exactly. You know what you do? You grab her by the fucking throat, throw her in the bathroom. And you say, it's time to be my wife. They love that shit. They love it. Be useful. They want to be fucking, yeah. <laughs> they want to feel like a woman. Not like you're making a, a, a pussy appointment. They want to feel like a woman. You wake up. I'm here for my three o'clock pussy yeah, appointment. Dude, you wake up two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and you're horny. Fucking roll over. Blast away, baby. Roll over. 
Bet yeah. you she'll like, she's like, stop. I'm like, what? You're so beautiful. I want you. All these years, I still, look what you do to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a fucking man. They want that shit. Yeah. But you're too busy being a pussy, being fucking nice. Every now and then, be a fucking man. I think a lot of guys go through that. Yeah, they, fucking, well, I'll tell you why, They're scared. I, no, but I'm thinking like 20, 30 years into a marriage, they're just like, fucking, I'll just rub one out in the shower. And 20, 30 it. years? Jesus. I'm just saying, you know, like. I got 10. I got 10 in. <laughs> you're rolling up on some uh, significant numbers. like, <laughs> And you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just rub one out in the shower. I mean, listen, I you get know? that too. Sometimes <laughs> I just want to be done in two minutes. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to do all the foreplay, but sometimes, man, like, you just got to fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. Be a man. I'm not saying, you know, like, like shut up. It's like, don't be like, you know. Put a burlap Listen, sack over their is, head. This is something that I've heard from my wife. And I think this is going to resonate with a lot of women. Okay. Most of the women run the household. As far as like the day-to-day, here's what we're doing. Yeah. Making decisions about Christmas gifts, birthday gifts, birthday parties, uh, what they're doing on the weekend. Like, they're, they're scheduling all day long. Mm-hmm. They don't want to make another decision. They don't want to make another decision. Like, oh, without a doubt. Want, and they you respect wanna, you. Wanna, you want to fool around tonight? They don't want to talk about that. They don't yeah. want to schedule it. Just make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah. And do it the right way. Don't right. just whip out your dick and say, ah. I mean, that's the old line where it's like, what do you feel like eating tonight? And you're just like, I don't know, whatever you want. No. Say, so, oh. I want Italian. I want Japanese. I want a deli sandwich, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Pick the restaurant. Take them there. Order exactly. for them. Take everything know. off the fucking, take it all off their hands. <laughs> just do it. And then if she bitches, be like, this is why I don't do this. Yeah. Flip it on them. Yeah. But let's go back to the heartbreak. You're bringing on the heartbreak. Um, where, oh, so. With Def Leppard. I had a, I had a, like a little girlfriend in college. Um, but again, it, it ended in heartbreak. I never cried over a girl. My sister will tell you I did. She's fucking delusional. I never shed a tear over a girl. Sad, heartbroken, but never shed a tear. Um, it's just a waste of you know right. hydration. Uh, and it didn't end well, right? It it pretty much ended with us the way it ended with her ex, which is somebody else took their spot. <laughs> so it forced me to realize one thing. People have a certain behavior. Right. But you have to understand why they behave that way. And for her, I think what it was is she needed to have someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She I, needed I could, to have say, someone. Well, she you liked, weren't providing what it is she's looking for. Maybe. Right. Well, okay. well, at the time, you know, she was in Boston and I was back oh, in Jersey. So, okay, so it's a long, uh, yeah. long distance. And with her ex, it was he was back in their hometown and yeah, she's at college. Fine. Yeah. She needs someone there. She needs yep. someone at the party. She that. needs to hold someone's hand. She was it was she needed that companionship. Right. And once I wasn't there, it had to be filled. Right. And, you know, next man up. Is that a needy girl though, or is that just a real emotional thing? I, I think there's probably something there that a, a, you know, a therapist maybe. has to work <laughs> with. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it all stems back to having to go to therapy and figure out how you got there. Because there are these girls that you just sit there and you just say Boy, they really need a guy in their life. You know? Well, with this situation, uh, it went awry when I called her one night after she canceled. Every weekend I was supposed to go up, she'd come up with an excuse for me not to come up. Ah, and then I called her one night, and uh, a dude answered the phone. <laughs> and he's like, who's this? And I was like, who the fuck is this? And then she grabbed the phone. She goes, oh, my God, hang up, hang up. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, no. And then she broke up with me through uh, AIM Messenger. Uh, AOL Instant Messenger. She broke up with me on that. 
<laughs> and I was just like, but you're saying you weren't really hurt by it. I was here's I was I was hurt in the sense that I was like, wow, like I knew this was coming and I didn't stop it. Like I knew this was going to happen. Though. You weren't you weren't there. You're Jersey. She's Boston. Lesson learned. That's exactly it. Yes. And then I realized like, you know what? You sh- you could have had fun with this, but you made it something more yeah, because yeah, yeah. I also very needy needed affection you know i was, yeah, I was yeah, a, yeah. you know my grandmother had passed away recently mm. i'm on boston by myself I, I you know i quit the football team and i'm like i need something i needed just someone to make me feel sure. you know absolutely you know wanted and you know like you know appreciated mm-hmm. uh, and she was that and you know she made, you know, made me feel good uh so we used each other but i was like Fuck. but that's what it is at that age i think that's what it is at a lot of ages yeah but Anyway, I realized after her, like, you know what? I really gave her no reason to be a shithead to me. Like, her ex would, like, cheat on her. And, like, yeah. you know, I did none of that. Like, I was a very, very good boy. But she still went into her behavior. So you start rationalizing people's behavior. Like, oh, she did that with me because he was such a piece of shit. And then by the time she did it to me, I was like, oh, no, that's what she does. <laughs> and then that's when I started realizing, like, okay, you can start preventing this heartbreak by understanding your behavior, their behavior. Yeah, yeah, Things yeah, yeah. most likely are going to play out you the way... You take those mental notes and you're just yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to do you know, this different next, you're, next you're, go around. Yeah, like it's most likely going to play out the way you think it's going to play out. Yeah. So prepare yourself for it. Uh, but that was, that was that heartbreak. But I came out of it better, stronger. And then... I think I had a girlfriend again for like maybe like a couple years. Yeah. I got with, uh, with you know, homegirl. But... Even that, when you're asking, like, did I was I ever unauthentic? I don't think I was ever inauthentic, but I will say this: with this one, we were together for four years, on and off. Okay, right. So, and the way it works, and this is how this is typically how serious relationships end, in my opinion. Right. Uh, the first time you break up, that's the longest you're together, right? And then you have a short breakup. Then you're together for a shorter period of time with a little bit of a longer breakup. Right. Yeah, then you yeah. get shorter. Longer, shorter, longer. So it was four years together, but it was like together for eight, together for six, together for three. I get it. Talking for a month. And then the breakups became longer and longer. And then eventually it's like, hasta la pasta, see you later. And there's always one party that just really doesn't want to get back together, but they're just like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll play this out a little bit It was longer. me. I never wanted to get back together. Yeah. Ever. I knew she was awful. She's a horrible right. human. To this day, she's one of, the, one of the worst humans I've ever met. Um, worst human ever. She's just a rotten person. But okay. I never felt inauthentic, but I will say this. She would do little things that would make me very... Uh, not insecure, but uh-huh. just like, I don't want to deal with this. Like, I remember one time we were at a party with all her friends and I was just being me and her friends liked it and they were laughing and mm-hmm. we're having a good time. And I remember driving to her house and she was like, she had a real puss on her face. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And she's like, you just have to be the center of attention. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? She goes, you have to. T-. She goes, those are my friends. They're my friends. They're not your friends. Wow. And I remember hearing this and I was like, Wait, so you don't want your boyfriend to get along with your friends? She goes, right. I don't understand how you go in there and act like that. She goes, normal people don't behave like that. I was like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I started just, you know, just like. like Wait, the, can I just say one thing real fast? I loved how your voice raised, like you're back in that moment. Because that again. was her voice. That was her voice. <laughs> no, 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 no. Your voice raised like. 
what are you talking about? Because it was so stupid. I'm like, I do you know. fucking hear yourself? But it's like you're back in that moment oh, right but, now. But that's how I live my life, Roy. <laughs> I, I need to relive those moments and feel awesome. that. I tap back in, bro. Like, when, like I'm not like, oh, I, I forgot how bad I felt. Not me. Right. When I feel joy and pain, I savor those moments. And I, I it's, it's called tapping in. I tap in. I I'm like, that. whoa, 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 whoa remember this time this is how it's right. gonna feel i just touch my chest i'm like oh that stings don't do that don't do that don't do that i learned the hard way but i learned Woo, I love so that. when we finally broke up which by the way the breakup was fantastic yeah i, I dropped a fucking line mic drop on her and it was the best i'm not gonna repeat it here because god you forbid said it in, a, in another podcast oh yeah i might have i was like i was like, I was like keep it up you'll end up at a a single alcoholic like your mother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Uh, you know, jujitsu is a hobby. And now look at fucking moron. Uh, <laughs> fucking, fucking trips getting paid for. But I remember when I got home after that breakup, mm-hmm. there was no heartbreak there. No. The only heartbreak was it was like so much time was wasted and I like so much effort. Yeah. But I remember when I looked in the mirror and it was like, and it's it's my own reflection, but it felt like I was seeing a friend I hadn't seen because you in weren't years. you yourself in a sense. I just couldn't be wow. me because she didn't like me. She liked me as an accessory. It's like here's really? my boyfriend who looks good, can dress good. But she, oh dude, she was so fucked up. Was she, she was so awful. Like we'd be driving somewhere, and she would like look at me, and she'd be like, "Wow," and I'm like, "What?" She's like, "I'm like definitely the attractive one in this relationship." <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like oh you're a fucking evil human being wow and then like I would tell her these things she'd be like you make me sound like I'm a monster I was like if you feel like you sound like a monster in these stories are maybe you it's you your did. behavior yeah but you know you're young you're dumb you want to really believe mm-hmm. that you know love will conquer all and yeah. it's like you know what sorry Johnny Lennon the fucking love ain't all you need yeah, yeah I like the person yeah you know I loved her I didn't like her not one fucking bit yeah Neither did my sister. <laughs> that's what I should have. That's another yeah. lesson I learned. Gabby's got a good tell. She's yeah, like, she yeah. figures it out. She sasses people. So l- let me flip over uh, as far as the heartbreak in terms of career. Ah, yeah. Let's get away from the romance. But yeah. that's the romance aspect. Right. But so now, now let's talk about. Go to the career aspect of yeah. heartbreak. You want this job real bad. You interviewed for it, and boom, it didn't happen for you. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And sometimes the heartbreak is rough because depending on what that job might be, uh-huh. there's a lot of politics, right? No kidding. That promotion you, Do you don't feel get. Like you handle your politics, by the way. Very well. I get complimented okay, okay. on it all, all right, the time. Cool. All right. And those little closed door meetings where they're like, Miguel, close the door. They're like, you understand politics like, <laughs> more than you think, baby boy. You know, like, you know, I, I filled in for my boss a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I did one little thing. Right. And I, when I came in on. Monday, I told I told like the, the director, I was like, hey, okay. just a heads up. Um, there's this thing going on with work right now. I know it's going to create a situation. So I reached out to the general chairman of the union and just let him know like, hey, if you get complaints about this, this is why it's happening. Okay. And he was like, what did he say? I was like, he said, thanks for the heads up. And he goes, awesome. And then two days later, I think that Wednesday, he goes, hey, I spoke to the, the general chairman. Um, he's like, you saved him about 40 phone calls. So let me, what percentage do you feel you have to be honest, honest with people versus holding back a little bit? I don't think it's about being honest, honest and holding back. I think it's knowing when to, choosing your moments of when you should actually speak. Okay, fair enough. 
It's like, I'm not going to lie, but I'm just not going to say anything right now. A lot now. of guys just, well, I shouldn't say guys. A lot of people in, in work, they just shut down. They're not going to be the person that says the stupid remark. They're not going to be, you know, just laying themselves out there to be chopped off. You got to learn when to speak. Yeah. You got to learn. That, but those moments come from heartbreak. It comes from moments where you speak yes. and it doesn't go the right way. And you're like, I fucked myself by saying that. Right. I know I did. And it, you get that little heartbreak. So with my career, I'll give you a perfect example. I felt true heartbreak with my job. Mm-hmm. Real heartbreak. Uh, and it was on April 1st, <laughs> 2019. So recently. Yeah. So I, when I got promoted at work, uh, they took me to the train department and it was as a special duty, which is we need to fill this spot. We're not going to give you the permanent position, but we're going to bring you in and then see how you do. And it's for like 90 days and they can extend it and extend it and extend it. And, they, and they'll typically extend it for like two, three years. So I found out that there was an issue and for whatever reason, uh, all the special duty had to go back. And it was myself and two other instructors. And then they're going to bring three more in on Monday. So they're saying goodbye to me on, on Friday. They got three more on Monday. Like my replacement's right there. Wow, yeah. And it sucked and it broke my heart. And I remember leaving that day with my my cardboard box with all my stuff, <laughs> just like you see in the fucking movies. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Dude. The tears, yeah, streaming down my face, yeah. It's because I know the people that were still there, and I know I was better than some of them. Um, and I was like, I'm good at this job. This is what I should be doing, and this isn't my fault. Like I did nothing wrong, and I'm I'm out of here. Right. So I ended up having to go back on the trains. I didn't lose my job. I wasn't fired. I just had to go back to working on the trains. Right. 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 Um. So I took two weeks off. I went. I did a seminar. In, I went to Tom's seminar in Ohio, uh, and then when I went back to work, I, you know, I, I was a total lazy piece of shit. I didn't do anything because I was disgruntled. And then, like right at the four that was week, a heartbreak lesson right there. Yeah. Yeah. So right at the four week mark, I got a phone call. They're like, "Hey, we need you to come back. Are you ready?" And I was like, "When?" They're like, "Tomorrow." Wow. And I went back the next day and right back into the classroom. And but that heartbreak was very important for me. Because I learned something. I learned that, especially at work, you think that if you're good and you do your job, the promotions are coming. No, I learned it's that. never that way, yeah. I learned that it doesn't matter how good you are, how much they love you, you will be replaced today. Yeah. You're replaced before they get rid of you. They keep the show going. And there's that quote, it's like, you know, don't, don't give up your life for a boss that will replace you in 24 hours. Yeah. And that stuck with me. Where it's like, I'm going to still be the best that I can be here. I'm going to do everything I have to do. But I also understand that every person in here that tells me how great I am and how much they love me will have no problem getting rid of me to keep the show going. So it really taught me a lot about playing that political game and knowing like when to keep certain cards that, you know, close, close to the heart. Yep. And knowing like when like those are big lessons you learn too. And learning like, this is when I have to speak up because even if it gets shut down right now, when this blows up, they'll look back and say, he said not to do that. Yeah. And now it's like, sometimes you got to know when to speak against and understand that, listen, you're going to create situations where like now people are going to give you a little bit of a side eye and be like, hmm, we don't know about you. It's like, but I'm, I'm going to stay consistent with where I'm at. And those perceptions or those reputations are really, really tough to shake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody has, if your boss or your or management has an impression of you, it's really hard to shake. Yeah. It, it, you know, especially if it's a shitty one. Yeah, so you know, I, you know, at my, my job. I've been doing my job for six years now. 
and you know I'm pretty comfortable with what I do. I'm confident with what I do. And one of the things that they they talk about is like you know, you know your organizational blah 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 all this stuff. And then when I filled in for my boss, the you know after the two weeks, they're like, man, like you really did a great job. You did this, and I I told my higher ups, I was like, listen, I'm not unorganized. I'm not uh, you know I'm not like you know ADD. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can just do this job with my eyes closed. That I'm bored. I was like, the reason I did so well these last two weeks is because it was something new and exciting that I could do. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm not unorganized. I'm just complacent. You're like Floyd Mayweather. You, yeah. It's like, you've been there, done it. It's like, I need somebody to get me revved up for something. Yeah. Here. So I just let them know, like I could do everything and I did everything. Yeah. And I think I did a great job and I really enjoyed it. So, you know, who knows, who knows what's in line for the future, but you know, it, it's going well now, but I learned from that initial heartbreak. I learned from having it and then having it ripped away and realizing it's done like that. Yeah. I remember walking in that Thursday morning and the director was like, I need to talk to you in the office. And I sat down and he just shook his head. I was like, what? He goes, not good. And I was like, when do I go back? And he said, tomorrow's your last day. Wow. And I was like, when do I mark back up? That's the term for working on the trains, like oh, marking okay. up. I was like, when do I mark back up? He's like, you go off Friday, you have to mark back up Sunday, 48 hours. I was like, Roger. And I remember, I remember, God, I remember the morning I had to go back to the train. And it wasn't even like I hated working on the train. Yeah. It's just that I remember being in class and people were like, man, like, what are we going to do? And I told everyone, I was like, here's what I'm going to do. Within five years, I'm going to, I'm going to get promoted to conductor. I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to get promoted. So it drove you. The yeah, I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm going to get promoted to the train department, and I'm going to have a jujitsu school in five years. And people would laugh. They're like, <laughs> "You're fucking crazy." But I also had conductors who would hear me talk, and then they'd actually talk to me, and they'd be like, "You might pull it off." Right. They're right. like, a lot of people out here talk shit, but you really believe your bullshit. I was like, it's not bullshit. It's what's going to happen. <laughs> right. So when I got that call up, and I had the school at the time, and that's the other thing too. I had the school. So now yeah, it's working, a nice backdrop. Well, well, and now like working on the train, it's like, I'm not going to have weekends off. I don't know what my schedule is going to be. I'm like, this is going to get rough really quick. Yeah. Um, so I lost it and I had everything that I wanted and I was there and I, I had exactly what I thought it was going to be. And then it got ripped away so abruptly and it definitely hardened me a little bit where now when there's emails, it's not like, Oh, I got to answer. It's like, you know what? No, Tomorrow, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I let things go because it's like I'm not going to give. It's almost everything. like you mature in a way. You should mature. Yeah, you know, heartbreaks should do that to you. It should harden you a little bit. It shouldn't make you hard, but it should harden you. You know, yeah. it should create some scar tissue. It should create some callus where it makes you a it, little bit stronger and tougher. Where now I go to work and I'm like, I know that at any given moment you can tell me to pack my shit and go, and I'm ready for it. And I'm right. ready for it. Yeah. It won't matter that I'm the best at this job. It won't matter that I'm the best instructor here. Yeah. It's about getting whatever you guys want done. And there's going to be casualties of war sometimes. That's one of the biggest regrets that I have in my career. Because I remember like I brought this person in to the company. And then she ended up becoming manager over me. Yeah. And I'm like, what no. So here's my regret. I ended up leaving the company saying, fuck you, I'll show you guys, and you know, that kind of thing. And I ended up getting screwed by this other company because I got nailed with a non-compete. But I just remember, what the fuck does she have? 
And then I realized I'm reading this all wrong. You know, I should use it as a learning lesson as mm-hmm. opposed to just being angry and just like jumping. So that was the regret that I left the company, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah. but it's like going back to the heartbreak. I remember, I remember the, I was going to say this earlier. I remember the first day I, I woke up to work on the train mm-hmm. and uh, this is going back to the train. This is going back to the train. Okay, got it, got it. You know, I just got the two day, two weeks off Ohio. I, I was able to go back to my old assignment you know, waking up at four o'clock in the morning to be right. in New York by five forty-five, and I remember I had my pants and my shirt on, like everything was on. I'm sitting at the edge of the bed, and I just started crying. Yeah, and I remember like Steph hugged me. She's like, "It's gonna be okay." It's gonna, and I all I kept saying was like, "I was like, I fucking had it." I was like, I had it. Yeah. I was, like, yeah, and they, yeah. I was like, and they fucking took it away from me for no reason. And the reason it got taken away is fucking absolutely brutal. And I'll tell you off air because I can't really talk about it because I do have people that listen, but it's like wow it's like that's ruthless yeah ruthless um it's collateral damage and um, you know but it's something i always hold on to where i'm like i know that as much as you guys love me yeah if you gotta get rid of me to do something you will so i just put myself in a position where it's like i'm not gonna get burned again or i'm not gonna get hurt i'm ready whatever you need psychologically i'm not gonna get hurt again right wow and then i just start trying to prove my worth in other avenues it's like if you want to move me move me up so let me move this over to BJJ now. I'm going to go at it in two different directions. And if this is too sensitive, you let me know. We had You had two people recently do something else. Yep, not sensitive at all. Let's talk okay. about it. Yeah. In the past, you would be like, holy shit. This is, they're basically saying to me I'm not as good as the other place they went to. Mm-hmm. Or that BJJ maybe is not for me and you would take it to heart yeah you're not taking it to heart no okay nope and i'll tell you why i no longer have that feeling of oh my god i'm not as good as that other school yeah i am i'm better than them right i know i am it just might not be what you want right you know i don't did you, where, when did you learn that lesson though surviving covid right yeah seeing how the school built itself up again and better Right. And I knew that just the the changes in the school, I was probably going to lose some people. But part of me was like, you know what? That's going to happen regardless. You know, especially like one of the person that we lost was an early student. Yeah. You know, yeah. first first month we were open. And for every person that signed up in the beginning that was ready to see the school grow and get big and they want to be a part of this, you have your students that, you know, like the fact that it was a little boutique school. They liked it when it was, you know, 50, 100 students and 10, 15 people classes and it was intimate. They liked that. That's a legitimate thing. Too. That's a legitimate thing. Yeah. Listen, some people like concerts at Starland Ballroom. Some people like concerts at Madison Square Garden. Right. You know, do you think Muse or you think the Rolling Stones feel bad because you chose to go see a band at Starland? They're like, no, fucking that's right. what you like. Go there. Right. I'm going to sell out Madison Square Garden regardless. Like, uh, like my seat's not going to stay empty because you went to another venue. No, that seat's still going to get filled. Right. I'm going to fill this arena regardless. And I feel that way with the school. It's like, listen, you went somewhere else. Maybe they have what you want. Awesome. Somebody else will be here. Take your spot. Right, right, right. And it's it's a lot of times it works out for the better because if this is not the culture for you, then you're not going to help fuel the culture. Mm. So you're not helping us. In the past, would you have felt bad, worse? Let me uh, worse. Let In me the very it. beginning, yes, I always yeah. took it very personal. Because I don't think COVID's a real good thing. Because that was some beyond your control, number one, and they weren't going to another school. 
yeah, but COVID showed me that I could build the school and be successful. And it gave me okay. that confidence. Like, you know what? When people leave here, <laughs> it's not because of me. Yeah. It's, it's you know, some people won't drive a Mercedes. They got their own reason. doesn't mean it's a bad car. They just got their reasons for it. Right. All right. Mercedes ain't losing sleep over it. So when they go to another school, that doesn't dig you a little bit? No. Okay, good. Part of me giggles a little bit. Uh. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> because I also know what we offer here. So when people go to other schools now, I'm like, I know you're not going there for better instruction. I know you're not going there because the training's better. I know you're going there because this is probably just too much for you. Maybe they want less training. They want less. Yeah, 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 yeah. They want less. They want less competitive training. They want less people. They want more attention. Right, yeah. You know, another thing, this is a very honest thing now, they might want the gi more. Right, I think with one of the situations today, I really believe, I'm like, he likes the gi. Right. We do the gi two times a week. And it's like, you know what? I lost one because of that. Mm-hmm. How many have I gained because of that? Like, how many have we gained because they love Nogi? And, you know, I am a ref for ADCC. I am the head ref for ADCC America. We're going to do a lot of Nogi here. Yeah. You know, that's, that's becoming my subject, like my expertise. So your thoughts on a person that, let's say, doesn't give you the reasoning behind it? That I have an issue with. Yeah. Give me the truth. Right. But I think the real reason is they don't want to be honest with themselves. Right. Because I, people will tell you anything. I mean, one one of the guys, like I hate to, whatever. The guy that went to the other school, I, I think I'd be more pissed off with. I'm really not. No, but in terms of comparing you, that person to the other person, I understand the one person. I don't understand the guy that almost kind of lies and does it behind your back. That I don't like. So in a weird way, the other one kind of frustrates me more. Okay. Yeah. Because the guy who went to the other school, I don't know, you, he probably really did like it here and, you know, wants to train more gi and thought it would be just like an easier way yeah, to... Please just say that. Some people don't want to say it. Yeah. They don't want to say it. You know, they'd rather just ghost you than break up with you. Mm. You know, which it, is a heartache lesson. Is too. it a little bit of a coward's way out? Yeah, but you know, whatever. Like, like, has the school been impacted because they're not here? No, no of course not. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, see you later. The other one is a little frustrating for me because it's it's every reason in the book why they're not training and not the real one, which is it's gotten too hard for you. It's too hard. You didn't keep up. Everyone's improving and it eats your ego. So you rather go train somewhere where the Eaton's shitty, but it's plentiful because everybody there sucks. Yeah. I guess so. You know, and that's the reality of it. And, you know, this this person in particular, I knew probably wasn't going to last they made one very small comment that always stayed with me because as I've learned through my heartbreak, people give you signs. Oh yeah. No doubt. They give you insight into their thought process. And once you get insight into their psychology and thought process, you can start to understand how they're going to behave. Mm. You can start figuring out what they're not going to like. We were at the old school. And I believe we were we were starting to grow a little bit. Right. 
and people were getting excited. Like, wow, like we're going to have a hundred students soon. I was like, we might need a bigger space soon. Like we were, we were having those conversations. Right, yeah, yeah. And I remember he said, I don't know. I kind of don't want to grow any bigger. <laughs> and I was like, I, I understood that mentality. And when I heard that, I said, why? Now I knew the answer. Right. He goes, I don't know. I just like it like us. Like it's a small, it's an intimate group. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Him, I was like, that's great. But I'm running a business. <laughs> Right. I was like, I'm not running a jujitsu club. I'm trying to make money. I'm trying to make this my full-time gig. Like, this is what I want to do. I was like, not just, you know, make enough to pay rent and work 80 hours a week. Yeah, but that wasn't a shot. I don't know. I get the sense that he was just being honest at that point. He was being honest. That wasn't a shot at the school, but yeah. that let me know, like, this school is going to get too big for him. Possibly, yeah. And it did. Yeah. It did. Where now, like, whenever he would come in, he'd feel lost. It's like the old line. I used to see that band in a bar, and they were so great. And now suddenly they're playing stadiums, yeah. and this and that. It's just not the same kind it's of thing. It's not the same. Yeah. It's like, no, it's better, fuckwad, but you're not seeing that. <laughs> you're not seeing that. Because here's the thing. Then there's people like you, where the other day I complimented you. I was like, dude, I will never bother you. my good you. looks. Yeah, I was like, I'll never bother you when you're in this corner. Oh, you yeah. You were in the corner. I feel with some... weird about that. I wanted to ask you about that too, but anyway. I love it. Okay, good. I'm glad. Like, Dude, like. Because people do come up to me and they're like, how do yes. I do this? How do I do that? And I'm like. But that's the point. Because you would call me over to roll and I'm like, oh, shit, I just told this guy I was going to. Do what you got to do. Okay. Because the, here's the thing. You're a brown belt. You'll yeah. be a black belt soon. Okay. How do we make continue the culture? Mm-hmm. It's not by catering to the guys who are already here. It's catering to those new ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bringing them in right away, making them feel like, hey, like I know if I have a question, I can ask that brown belt. Yeah, I can ask that purple belt because they're not going to have the balls to ask me. Like I know that. Like yeah. I work really hard to do the opposite. <laughs> like in every school where they're like, they build the reputation to like make the black belt look like you know like God. Yeah. Here I do the opposite. I'm like I'm just a regular Joe schmo. And then I roll, I'm like, surprise. <laughs> You're like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I just, I want to be approachable, you know, but, you know. Not I too approachable. Yeah, and I can't give everyone the five minutes they want, but they can go to Roy, they can go to Manny, they can go right. to Max, they can go to Justin. Yeah. You know, you create that atmosphere where it's like, listen, someone's here to help you. I'm glad you feel that way. Because I do, I love it. It's okay. one of my favorite things, you know, especially because it's like, it's younger guys coming up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I know that, You've also helped in those little corner sessions that you have. You've helped people make very important life decisions. And you've really helped guide a lot of people in that corner. I'm like, you know what? Like Roy's corner is a very pivotal part of this school. I'm not going to steal that from people. But it's great that we have a person in this school that other guys, like younger guys, look up to. Oh, thank you. And are like, man, like, can you help me with some life decisions? Yeah. They don't offer that at the other schools. No, they don't. They, they kick you out. They're like, guys, live round, live work ends at nine, eight yeah. fifty-five. You better be out that door. Here, I'm like, I don't care. Keep rolling. I'm out. Somebody lock up. <laughs> it's your school. I wanted to say a joke, but I'm not going to say it. I don't want to. <laughs> anyway, uh, now the other side of the BJJ. Let's talk about competing. The heartbreak of competing. Yeah. And this and that, which is what I think promotions a lot of people. And you, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. don't get the stripe, and you're yes. like, oh, I'm due. I should yeah. be getting promoted. I submitted that guy last week. Exactly. <coughs> so let so let's talk about the school guy first, then the competing guy after that. Yeah. Guy didn't get his promotion. Standing in line, looking around. It sucks. Yeah. It stings. Yeah. Especially when you think you're deserving of it and you should be getting it. Mm-hmm. But 
when you start training jujitsu or you put yourself in any martial art like this or any type of atmosphere where there's, you know, a true uh, meritocracy, yep. you've officially announced that that's not your decision to make. Right. It's someone else's decision to make. And if you don't like the thought process behind that decision making, find another place. A lot of people have, you know, they always go in their minds, uh, maybe he doesn't like me, that kind of thing. And and you and oh, in dude, their heart of hearts, listen, they know it's bullshit. I, I once had someone accuse me of not promoting them to Blue Belt because they wouldn't buy my merchandise. <laughs> I swear to you. He told people, he goes, I know he didn't promote me because I don't buy the rash guards and the geese. And I was like, what? I didn't promote him because he sucks. Like He's a dick. <laughs> great kid. Great guy. But he was, uh, he didn't understand why people trained so rough with him. Meanwhile, he was hurting people. Right. You know, he was one of those guys. About. Didn't want to learn the right way. Just wanted to do things his way and then didn't understand why he was getting beat. It's like, you're not listening. I have a problem with people that don't listen. That's my biggest pet peeve. They if you have don't to listen. execute the program, for God's sakes. Yeah. I mean, I'm in a way, but here's the thing. And you learn this through heartbreak because when he left, I was genuinely upset because I did like him and I reached out to him and I was like, dude, like, like, I'll give you three months free. Tell me what's wrong. He started telling me how we're creating a bully culture. And he said all these horrible things about the school. Well, maybe and I was like somebody else. Okay. I think about the right person. And I was like, what, like, what happened? I was like, you were here every day last week. What happened to, you know, he never told me, but what happened? He ended up leaving. He went to another school. Okay. They benefited from him. They got one student because he went to that school. I got three <laughs> because I got gotcha. you. He pissed him off and they didn't like the culture he was bringing over there. I get it. And the yeah, fact yeah, that yeah. the instructor over there wasn't handling it after they complained. So they came here and now they uh, train. I love those here. guys too that joined yeah. us. Yeah. So by losing one, okay. I gained three, three and those three are fantastic. They really are. Absolutely. But that's the thing with heartbreak. You use it to adjust. You can't always question yourself with heartbreak. You can't always be like, what did I do wrong? But yeah, you can see, yeah, like, yeah. what did I not pay attention to? Hmm. But sometimes with heartbreak, the hardest thing is realizing there's something better on the horizon. You know, yeah. you break up with a girl or a guy, there's probably something better on the horizon. You lose a student to another school, there's probably something better on the horizon. It might be a good thing that person left. Because now you're going to get three more people. Well, this that's way. the old line, like you know, if life turns out okay for you, then yeah. oh, maybe I made the right decisions. Yeah. But so many people listen. You're a blue know. belt. You're you're a blue belt, and you think you're ready for purple, and you get passed over. Right. And your instructor goes, "Listen, do I think you're a purple belt? Yeah. But I want you to show me something at Worlds. Show me that you're a purple belt. And guess what? Because of that, you go out there and you win a fucking world championship." Mm. Or you have like the old Kyle Tara story, one 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 gets his black belt after he lost. Because the instructor was like, You were so used to winning, I had to see you have adversity. Mm. I had to see you fight when you were losing. Now you're a black belt. Wow, that's awesome. I never heard that story. Yeah, he cries when he tells he goes, I'm like, now you can promote me when I lose. <laughs> Kyle's got like the sweet I could listen to Kyle Tara talk all day. He looks like a kid. That's the it's problem. Amazing. You know, yeah, he looks like a little boy. A kid that'll fuck it'll you. Kill up. you, exactly. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but you know, you got to trust your professor and you got to trust your instructor and, and trust that they're doing things the right way and they're guiding you the right way. And I'm never opposed to someone asking me like, hey, why didn't you promote me? I'm like, here's why. I never want someone to be like, I should have been promoted. Then I'm like, no, you shouldn't have. The fact that you're doing, 
the fact that you're you think you should have been so i know you weren't ready right i was gonna say like all of life is sort of a learning lesson in a sense life but it's lessons like life you, lessons <laughs> somebody used to work with would say but you know life lessons man life lessons <laughs> But it's, you, you make decisions based on those lessons. And if you kind of go off the deep end sometimes, in other words, you have to have this sense of being open to the coaching, being open to the heartbreak, being open to the losing so that you don't go off the deep end, no matter what it is in life. But, but, and I'm glad we're going down that road because here's the thing, like I've had my heart broken as, you know, for promotions. I've had my heart broken as a competitor. Right. Uh, you know, and... When everything comes easy to you and everything works the right way, you know, you have one girlfriend in high school, you marry her, you have your high school sweetheart. It's like, that's great, but like, but you never felt that pain. You know, you get promoted every, you win every single tournament, you're on the road. It's like, right. you need that pain because the pain is what builds your character. And what happens when someone starts off winning their whole career and then they start losing? You lose that person. They're gone. They can't handle it mentally. Okay. You know, you get that couple that's been together forever. It's always been peaches and cream. What happens when they first hit turbulence? They could break them. Yeah. They're not used to it. They've never had to deal with adversity. The heartbreak prepares you for those tough moments. And that's why you start with those small heartbreaks. You know, not making the fifth grade basketball team. That the, was a heartbreak. The Michael for me. Jordan thing, yeah. That always happened to me. Seriously? Yeah, fifth grade. I oh, made man. it to the second day of trials and then I didn't make it on the team. Wow. And I remember uh, my mom was like, you know, why didn't he make the team? She goes, I'm watching some of the kids on the team, and I know he's better than some of them. And, you know, they gave her a reason, and she was like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, well, you know, we have to make it fair for everyone. And I was like, wow. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. I'm going uh, to read a <clears throat> bunch of statements about heartbreak, and I just want your quick thoughts on it because I don't oh, want to yeah. get into it to you. Okay. Because these were advice for dealing with heartbreak. Okay. Let it burn, usher. Address your feelings. 100%. Don't let your feelings stay inside you. If you don't address your feelings, they just stay inside you, and they fester, and they fester, and they find a way to come out of you in your actions. You're legitimately going through something here. Yeah. Yeah. They end up coming out in your actions. And maybe you're a little bit, you know, shorter with your kids or a prick at work or mean to your wife. It's because you're not sharing how you feel. Um, Tom says that all the time. He's like, you got to tell people when you're pissed off about something. Cause if you don't mm. share it, it becomes resentment. Got it. Next one there. I don't know why this, uh, they wrote this, but there's no right way to deal with it. You are just going to have to get through it. I agree. It's kind of like heartbreak is kind of like detox, right? <laughs> well, we'll think about it because you become addicted to the job. You become right. addicted to winning. You become, you fall in love with winning, fall in love with the idea of the next belt. You're probably like, man, I know how this belt promotion I'm getting promoted. <laughs> right. You start looking up the new geese. You start looking at purple belts. <laughs> right. You might, or, like you're in love with it. You know, you're in love I'm with that. moving up in the lineup. Yeah. You're in love with that person. And then all of a sudden it gets literally ripped away from you. Yeah. You know, heartbreak never happens slowly. It happens yeah. Carpet gets pulled out from under you, yep. just like detox. You're addicted to a drug, and now all of a sudden you don't have that drug. Uh, what, I, what is it? I think like heroin, you start detoxing uh, within well, like 12 hours. Yeah, the not detoxing. You start to going through. Slow it down. You start withdrawing within yeah. like 12 hours. Yeah. That's what love is. Your heartbreak, like you start to withdraw from yeah. it, and it hurts. It's a physical pain. Mm. You know, you're not looking at those purple belts anymore because you know it's going to be another six months to a year. Right. You know, you're not looking at your phone anymore because every time you see a picture of that person, you're like, fuck, look, like, look how they, like, look how we, oh, 
good we were together. Look how in love we were. And you're like, Ugh. okay. You hate looking at your bosses because you're like, fuck. Like I should have been in that job. <laughs> now I gotta look at this picture on the fucking TV because they're getting promoted. But uh-huh. just like with withdrawing, the feelings start to subside. Right, you're Tommy gonna be sick. You're gonna be nauseous. You're gonna, but you, there's nothing I can give you. You gotta ride it out. All right, because the next one says, "Do not allow these feelings to overwhelm you." It can take over everything. Yeah, it can take over everything. You got to realize that. And this is my big one. And I say this to my son. I go, "Listen, you're allowed to have feelings. Acknowledge your feelings. Share your feelings, but control your feelings." Yeah, your feelings do not control you. I like that. You can say, "I'm sad. I don't feel good today." I understand that. Let's take it a little Love bit it. slower today, but we don't stop. We don't lay in our bed under our covers in a dark room with fucking certain albums playing all day long. <laughs> I'll give you 24-hour rule. You got a day to sulk. And then tomorrow, okay, get off that ass and go find something new. Interesting. Because there's another hot chick waiting for you. And here's what's going to happen. The second you find another chick, she's going to sense it and she's going to start messaging you. Hey. Hey, you. <laughs> so weird. I've been thinking about you so much lately. What's new with you? I found a new chick. They've got like radar. They know. <laughs> I know. It's like, ooh, I can sense. Like, ding, ding, ding. He's like, ooh, he's not thinking about me. <laughs> Let me fuck up his life. How great are women? I mean, like, I love Listen, them. guys are just as bad. Guys know, are just like, as awful. But, I, but they have like radar. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. fucking great. Uh, go to people that have experienced what you are experiencing. Fuck that. <laughs> I love it. Fuck that. Because you're going to get bad advice, man. You're going to get bad advice. Just kind of, <laughs> listen, don't seek advice. Accept advice. Yeah. Take everything with a grain of salt and figure out how it works for you. I it's like a- jujitsu, right? You can ask 15 people how to do a Kimura. They're all going to show you little different details, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And now it's your job to figure out what method works for you because right. your body type is different. Same with emotions. Some people can handle emotions much better than others. Some people can be in complete pain and say, I'm going to train jujitsu tonight and I'll feel much better. Where some guys are like, I'm going to sulk and listen to like, you know, fucking Creed albums for the next two hours, <laughs> next two days. <laughs> I don't know if you do this. I don't know if you journal or diary or anything. I so thought you were going to say jerk off. And I was like, which one? I was like, where are we going? That's a whole different thing. Do I journal? Okay, keep going. Okay, or write about it. Because I don't do that, but I do find myself every now and then like writing about something, whether I'm writing a song or something. And I'm like, and it just feels so stupid that I got so upset about it. Yeah. When I look back on it like six, eight, ten years later or something like that. So I've never done that with like, you know, pen to paper. Yeah. Uh, but like, for example, Instagram or Facebook, that's one thing that I used to do all the time. Yeah. Where like people would say something and I'd want to like hit them with a comment. I would type out the comment then read it <laughs> and then go and delete. That's, like they don't, yeah. they don't give a shit that's about big this. big time advice. You know, Especially but, with your career. Yeah, but I don't write anything. I think I, I've. I've gotten a lot better at utilizing, uh, you know, forms of social media yeah, yeah, yeah. to kind of share it that way. Like the podcast is a lot of me just getting my emotions out there and dealing with certain things. Um, you know, like the last episode you had certain topics where I was just like, Jesus, like, can you, like, can you read it on my face right now? Um, I was really coming about it from my perspective. Yeah. I, I was just been 
so down lately. Yeah. Um, so as far as BJJ specific, treat loss as a learning experience. Address the holes in the I game. Gotta, you don't. You win. Don't you don't time. lose. You there win you or go. you learn. Is that Henzo's line? That's everyone, dude. I always <laughs> say, I was like, yeah, you want to win and you want to learn, you know, but you don't want a fucking PhD and not winning. <laughs> you don't want to be a genius to not winning. You know, be a little dumb. All right. Fun fact. 72% of women on Bumble, I don't even know what the fuck that is. It's a dating app. Okay. Are looking for long-term relationships. 72%. Okay. But only 21% are seeking marriage. What's that all about? They want a long-term relationship, but they don't want to get married. Dude, I don't know. What the hell is that? I can't even understand that. This moving on. Next one. I don't even fucking know. (laughs) I have no answers. Well, I guess what they're they're saying here is that women want that long-term, you know, boyfriend experience, but they don't want to get married anymore, it seems. I don't fucking get it. Is that a real deal thing? I don't know. I I really don't even know. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. I don't get it. Right. It's a wild world out there. It kind of is. Where, you ever seen that movie Demolition Man? Where that was with Arnold? Sylvester Stallone. Oh, Sylvester uh, Stallone, yeah. You know, like where, like when he hooks up with Sandra Bullock and like we're living oh, in a yeah, future where like, they yeah. just put on a helmet and they don't touch to have sex. Was that Judge Dredd too? Sort of. Futurist. I don't know about Judge. I've never seen Judge. Judge Dredd was futuristic. Okay. I think that's where we're, where we're headed, dude. We're going to eventually end up in a world where it's like you're just going to plug in Ready Player One style mm. and live in this alternative universe and like have like body sensors. Like, <laughs> in a sense, like, I kind of like that. But in a sense, I'm like, God, that sucks. It's not going to feel the same. No, <laughs> it's, it's definitely not. But if you don't know any better, it might be great. It's yeah. Like, that... I hooked up with this chick last night on, at the club on, you know, the Gangelet planet. Yeah. <laughs> she was so hot, bro. It's like, yeah, that's not what she looks like. She's actually a dude in a computer. I like how you wanted the Manny voice there. Brow. Brow. <laughs> Brow. <laughs> All right, man, here's the game. He's in the middle of a weight cut. and like He'll make the oh, weight. He's... But like, that's he goes, bro, once I'm done competing, I just want fucking Italian food, man. I want nice. pasta and just everything. I'm like, you're so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he's like hangry. Yeah, good. All right, this is the last time, uh, last game we played was the last time you did this. In other words, the last time you used a rotary phone, whatever. This is the first time game. Ooh, all right. When was your first kiss? Real kiss. Eighth grade. Eighth grade? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like a seriously, like I'm doing a romantic kiss here. I wouldn't say it was romantic. You know what I'm saying? definitely like, inappropriate. Just, and it lasted longer than the two, you know, two seconds. Oh, yeah, it was gross. Wow. It was just, you know, two eighth graders thinking they knew what they were doing, okay. teeth clanking and nothing <laughs> sexy about it. Eighth grade. You know, okay. Real open. Yeah, just bad. Was that like in like, because we used to do these like sort of games where you'd walk around with a girl and you'd go into a closet. And nah, 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 nah. We were like, you know, holding hands. We were boyfriend, girlfriend. And ah. Got it was it. weird. Eighth grade. Interesting. Yeah, eighth grade. Okay, brother. Uh, what was the first time you ever shot a gun? First time I ever shot a gun was when I was 13 years old. I like that. Yeah. I didn't shoot a gun until I was like in my fucking 40s. Yeah, no, 13. My sister was 10. We had a family friend who was a cop. Had the gun. And he had a gun and he took us to the range and gave us a whole safety course and took a shooting. How empowering is that? It was great. <laughs> Pretty amazing it was great feeling. Because even though I only did it that one time, you know, I probably would have been a shitty shot, but I always had that with me where, like, I knew what to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? wow. And, like, you know, now, like, obviously, I realize, like, a lot of that shit 
you know, it was good for that time, but you got to keep training and practicing. Got it. When was the first time you voted? Uh, when I was 18. No, I know that, but I'm talking about the year and was it something that felt right to you at that point or I like turned, I turned 18 in 2003, so I want to say my first vote was 2004. I voted so for Kerry uh, or uh, I voted for John Kerry. There you go. Me too. Had to get Bush out of there, bro. That war in Iraq, man. Strategy. They just want oil, man. <laughs> they just want oil, man. They just want to make the rich just want to get richer, the bro. Same way. It's they want like... to hold us down, man. Do you know that our vice president is the president of the fucking military, Halliburton, dude? Halliburton. Halliburton, bro. Like he's literally creating war to pay himself, man. Right. Meanwhile, we're just here. Like you got it all figured out at eighteen, yeah, man. <laughs> now I'm like, fuck that. Go back. We need that oil. I gotta get to work. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Well, I think what is the old line? If if like you are if you're a liberal, you have a heart, and then you uh, you become a conservative when you have a brain. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, first time driving a car. Mm, probably when I was like fourteen. You went around the block. My aunt would make me drive. Oh, nice. Yeah. My dad would put me on his lap and we'd uh, we'd drive a little bit. And my sister, what an amazing experience that was yeah, back was then. Good. My aunt would be like driving around, like just like like around the town, so yeah. like not necessarily around the block, but like you know, yeah. like little back roads and stuff. Um, you know, she'd make me drive and stuff like that. She's like, "You're gonna be driving in three years. You gotta start learning now." Holy but then shit. my sister would start doing it at like twelve, and then when my sister, <laughs> this is a true story, when my sister was fourteen years old, uh, I think my mom was away for like the weekend or something okay. like that. And my sister wanted to go see her boyfriend. So oh, no. She took the car? She took the car. Oh, no. 14 years old. Holy she shit. She took the car. She took the red minivan. And uh, it was a Dodge Caravan. And she drove it to her boyfriend's house. Now, she only had to drive on 27. But she had to run. That's she, a crazy road to be on. Yeah. It's like, even though it's lights, there's a lot of fucking people coming onto the road. Yeah, it's just it's straight away, though. You okay. Know? It's just right. straight. But, I gotcha. But it, it was still like, you know, a five-mile drive. Yes. At 14. <laughs> I have newfound respect for Gabby. She told me, she goes, I'm driving. I was like, you know if you get caught, you're in trouble, right? She goes, I'll deal with it later. I was like, yo, you're a G. My sister, like, like I always told people, like, if my sister was born with a dick, she'd be the fucking badass. Oh, she'd be alpha. She'd be an animal. Alpha chick. Yeah. No doubt, no doubt. Yeah, she'd have a bachelor pad, just living life. Like, she, she gets it, man. She gets it. Right. She gets it, man. What was the first movie you saw? What the fuck? First movie I saw. What was the first theater movie? How old were you? Were you five? I will say this. I'll tell you this. Um, Don't judge because I was raised by young adults. Okay. I was told that I went to go see Batman, the original, in movie theaters. 1988. Yeah. I don't don't remember that. You must be really little. I was like three. I don't remember it. I don't remember it at all. Zero recollection. But I do remember going to see Gremlins 2, the new <laughs> I think I was like five or six. Gremlins. Yep, so. I remember that. Bum, 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 I gotta bum, see bum, those bum, movies bum, again. Bum. Gremlins is fucking great. It is good shit. Good shit. I think I saw the Aristocrats. Or the Aristocats or something. Some Disney movie. Anyway. Uh, what was the first time you made money? <laughs> like real money? No, just money. Like somebody paid you to do something. And you're like, wow, all I need to do is just do this for the rest of my life and money will come rolling in. First time I made money was eighth grade. It was a snow day. Um, The super of the uh, complex that I lived in uh, would get like, you know, kids and he'd pay us. 
So shovel snow or something. Shovel snow. <laughs> there you go. So then my friend uh, Angel at the time he goes, bro, like let's let's make some money. I was like, what do you want to do? He's like, we'll just ask him if we can borrow the shovels. Right. And he did. So we borrowed the shovels, and then we walked around the block, and we just walked through the development. We were gone all day. Yeah. Like, I think we were done shoveling the, the development at like noon. Um, we started at like six. None of the kids in my neighborhood ever want to do that anymore. It was like six to ten, and then I remember from like 11 o'clock to three o'clock, we just walked around the town and we were like, Hey, we're going to shovel. You what did you get? Like $20 for a, uh, no, dude, this was South Brunswick. People had money in big driveways. They paid. <laughs> They're nice. like, how much each? And then as the day got, that got warmer, we lowered our price. So the first house shoveling while it was still snowing, we're like a hundred bucks, like 50 bucks each. Right. Right. Like, right. We'll do this. We'll do your shovel. We'll do sidewalk, everything banged it out. They paid it. Um, we scraped off the cars, everything. <laughs> right. Wow. So I got home like four hours later so I got paid two hundred for shoveling. Holy the, shit! Wait, I got paid two hundred for shoveling the development. Oh my and god! And then I made four hundred dollars walking around the town. That's amazing. That's serious, dude. Money. I came home. My mom's like, "How'd you do? You made a couple bucks." I'm like, "I made four hundred dollars." She's like, "Give me a fucking shovel." <laughs> <laughs> I made money. It was a good day. Holy shit! Yeah, I made. I I the first time I ever made money, I played piano for a comedian. At my temple. Interesting. They gave me 50 bucks to do it. Don't say it too loud. Biden will tax you for it now. <laughs> like, wait a minute. You mean how much in 2003? Fucking jerk. Uh, what was the, how old were you when you first got involved in a group sport? Like PAL football or something? Eighth like grade. Eighth, okay. Wow. I would have figured grade. younger. Nope. Cross, no, because like I grew up in Trenton and my mom didn't Because I was really, in Little League at like eight. Eight years old. Dude, I grew up in Trenton with a single mom. Like yeah, She didn't know no, where to find it. that shit. I got and it. then even if she found it, did she really want me doing it with these kids? So did you, like, you didn't play like Little League or? A... Nothing. Wow. Okay. Nothing. I would play like, you know, with neighborhood kids. I tried out for my like my fifth grade basketball team. I didn't make it mm-hmm. because I didn't make it open for everyone. And, you know, some <laughs> people got cut off the team, <laughs> you, know. you know. Meanwhile, Timmy with the helmet, he made the team because, you know, everyone's got to be allowed on the team. True story. Um <laughs> I'm like you fuck. I know I'm better than him, <laughs> you know. But you know, everyone had to be represented. Oh, um, well, you figured they'd have a they'd have a role for a Puerto Rican kid, dude. No, because they had they had like oh, they had the, the Hispanic representation. It was Trenton, dude. They they had Spanish <laughs> right, kids. I gotcha. Do you remember there was this one girl on the team when she made the team? I was like, you suck. Like you realize you're trash, right? <laughs> like you're overweight. You're slow. You're not athletic at all. Like. Uh-huh. But, you know, they had to make it fair. Yeah. yeah I remember yeah. that was my first time when I realized, like, sometimes in life you just get fucked. <laughs> but. Very political message you got. That, yeah, uh, sometimes, that listen, sometimes in life you just get fucked. All right. Uh, but what was the question? <laughs> you joined a group sport. Oh, eighth grade, Crossroads eighth grade. Middle School. That's where I met my best friend, Sean Connor, football. There you go, baby. Love it. Yep. Uh, what was the first time you ever had a fight? Like a fist fight? Fist fight. Mm, fifth grade. Even that's a little late. Yeah. I would have figured you for like second, third grade or something. Oh, like that. sorry, I was in fourth grade. Okay, that makes more sense. Grade. I was like an actual like fist fight, like punching. Oh nope, that's wrong. That is wrong. <laughs> I got into a fight in the treehouse with AJ Maneri in second grade. There you go. That was like bullshit. Just like punching <laughs> each other in the stomach. Right, right. But right. the fourth grade one was legit. Like we were like, yeah, we were swinging in the bathroom. Wow. I thought I was gonna get killed. Yeah, I was in Trenton Public Schools. It was two against one. I was like, "Oh shit, I've heard about yeah. this." <laughs> You're like, "Look, I was like, I'm gonna fucking killed here." Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, let's see. When was the first time you fell in love? Mm. 
First time I fell in love. Yeah. Like real love or like shitty fucking like no, kid like love. Teenage kid love. Uh, you think the world is ending when uh, when it doesn't work out for you? I'm trying. Oh, I remember when. Yeah, eighth grade. Yeah, a lot of shit happened to you. In eighth it was grade. a good time, dude. It was <laughs> a big year. So. It was a big year. It was a big year for me. I also almost got into a big group fight in eighth grade. It was myself, my three best friends at the time, four best friends at the time. Right. Uh, two I won't say. Two were, you know, Sean and my right. friend Grant against the whole plain field lacrosse or uh, <laughs> track team. Oh, oh yeah. They were circled around us. We were back to back. We were ready to like go. The coaches ran in, had to break it up. All because, great. Wow. Oh, dude. It was going to be mayhem. Wow. Mayhem. <laughs> like we were like, they were like, like stop it stop we're like go motherfucker like no like they we were just so like it was like a right. scene of, like back to back like, yeah. like and we were excited we went to their bus looking to start this fight we're like get that motherfucker out of eighth grade we're using the worst language exactly. we can think of wow. then my mom picked us up she goes everything all right we're like yep <laughs> <laughs> wow yep i remember that sean i hope you remember that shit was dope <laughs> Uh, when was the first time you bought a large ticket item, like a car or even a TV or something like that? Or like a large ticket you spent item. your money to buy a large ticket item. That's called a I mean, thousand what, plus. A thousand plus? Yeah. Or even 500 plus, I guess. What was it like? I'm trying to think. Like you didn't just buy a record or a, a CD. I mean, I'm not going to say it was a large ticket item, but I remember... My junior year of high school, I uh, I was working that summer as a lifeguard, right. which was great because I was making you know ten bucks an hour, mm-hmm. which back then was a lot as a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. All my friends were working hard for the township, making like seven bucks, and I right. was like, I was, I'm getting a tan for ten bucks an hour. And I remember that year, I bought all my football gear, I bought my gloves, I bought my cleats, I bought my Under Armour shit, and I bought all my school clothes. That's a chunk of change. Yeah. Wow. I was bringing home like $700 every two weeks at like 16 years old, 15, 15, yeah, I, I, I don't think I bought a large ticket item until I got married. And then I, uh, I, I bought like our furniture and that was like 1400 bucks and I never ever ended up paying it. <laughs> so it ended up destroying my credit record. Fantastic. Nice. Good job, bro. I'm sure you fixed it. <laughs> you can always fix your credit. I guess so. Uh, when did you move out of home? Was I 25, 26 years old? Okay. I never lived on my own. I neither did I. Yeah. Like, That's something that I, I, I don't know. It's probably for the best. A little bit of a regret there myself there. I mean, it's definitely something that like, I think the fantasy of it is great, but I'm glad I never did it. I think yeah. if I would have ever lived on my own, I would have never been able to get married. Possibly. It's just too much of a freedom. I went from living at home right. to moving in with Steph. And right. she did the same thing. She went from living at home to getting her own place and she's like i don't know if i want to live alone can you stay a couple nights a week and that became to like you know what we like each other we say we love each other let's just move in and then we'll find out if this is anything real right i gotcha and now you know we've been fucking living together for 13 years <laughs> you know which it, it really benefits our marriage though because we learned how to live as adults with each other so we learned yeah, you how mentioned to, that before that's a good point it's a really we learned good point, how actually. to like compromise and how the other one maneuvers the whole time. Right. Like, I don't know how I'd be by myself. Mm. I don't think she knows how she'd be by herself, but we know how we are together. All right. When's the first time you connected with something spiritual? 
Like you legitimately felt like the hand of God kind of thing. Oh, man. I know you always talk about the thing at, at, at the uh, the ocean. Oh, when I was on mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> First time I felt the hand of God and just really... I don't know, man. I'll like, tell you when I had it. Because we used to go to the same temple, but I stopped going to the temple when I was like 13 years old after my bar mitzvah. But I remember going in college at the temple that they had close to my college. And I remember just like smelling it. And I'm like, mm, this is like really, really spiritual. And like, like it brought back all these enormous feelings, like family and this and that. And it's just, I guess because I was like feeling bad about being away at college and it just really kind of hit me. Um, Man, I'm trying to think. I want to, I want to say it was probably younger Probably like probably around like sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, you know, probably right around like grandma. You're in church away. and you're like, oh, 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 I get you. Yeah, just yeah. understanding like you know this is the way it goes. Wow. Okay. You don't find that weird comfort. Yeah. Mm. Well, we've had experiences after that. I'll tell you off air, but okay. I definitely have someone. I'm like, whoa. Okay. Uh, what about a family vacation? First family vacation, road trip <sighs> kind of thing. You're going to Disney World or something like that. True story. Go back. Um, I'm sure there were other ones. I remember going to Puerto Rico when I was a kid, but family vacation when I was probably second grade, seven years old. Okay. Seven, eight, somewhere around yep, there. Yep, yep. We did a family trip to Niagara Falls. Now, let me tell you about this trip, boy. <laughs> Please do. I'm sure my mother already knows where this story's going. <laughs> my father paid for that family trip. Wow. Yes, he did. And I'll tell you how he paid for it, Roy. <laughs> uh,. My dad did not pay child support for about two years. And my mother found out that he was getting married. And her mentality was, he's got money for a wedding. Right. Doesn't have money for his kids. Right. So she called her lawyer. And she said, what can we do with this? And he said, Mary, we can put a warrant for his arrest for back pay on child support. And she said, how quickly can he get arrested? He said, pretty quick. Once we get the warrant and everything, she said, perfect. Can we have him arrested on this day? And my mom had my father arrested on his wedding day. <laughs> that is a true fucking story. The Trentonian had it on the front page. That is unbelievable. It wasn't on the main front page yeah, but- because some kid got stuck in a fucking ditch or something. But on the very top of <laughs> the little clips, like page four, Deadbeat dad busted at all. What a human interest thing. Yeah, Holy New Jersey shit. 11.5 talked about it. The Trenton Times had an article Holy about it. Shit. I'm sure she still has the article. So, as one of the provisions was he had to pay the back pay. Oh, my God. So, my mom took that money. We stayed in a fantastic suite in Niagara Falls. The whole family. Like, That's amazing. Our room overlooked the fall. It was the best trip ever. It was that fantastic. is a seriously cool story. Yeah, got him arrested on his wedding day. <laughs> And like, and like, not like early in the morning right. where like you can cancel the wedding. No, like the guests were at the church. Like that's one of those, like, if bride, anybody has anything to oh, say dude, at this like, time. Bride in the dress. And it's like, what's happening? It's like, he's under arrest. <laughs> Holy shit. Fucking Mary Lou doesn't play, dude. That is a great story. Oh yeah. It's, it's my mother's shining moment. 
She's fucking. I'm so surprised you never brought that up. Yeah. Well, he doesn't want me talking about him on this podcast anymore because it hurts his feelings. But uh, fuck him. So, I'll sh- I- so I haven't mentioned him in weeks. Yeah. But yeah, I mentioned man. him today. Remember that time you got arrested on your wedding, motherfucker? It was the best. It was the best. But I'm going to share something here as well. What do you got? There was a little heartbreak with that for me. My name is Miguel Angel Benitez. I was named after my grandfather. All right. And I remember reading the news clippings and they said his name and then it mentioned all his other kids. And I noticed that his first son uh, with his now-to-be wife is Rafael Angel Benitez Jr. Mm, And it, it bothered me. Like, why didn't I get that? And I remember being like seven years old. It's like, fuck, man. Like, like you didn't want me so bad that like you didn't like you. You gave your name to someone else. Yeah. And it rightfully should have been mine. So to that six year old, I want to say best thing you ever had was not that name. It's true. Because now you get to have your own name that he can't fucking recognize. And you get to take his last name that he hasn't done a fucking thing with. And you get to make it bigger than anyone ever imagined. So for the rest of my life, when I was a kid, they would always see me and they would say, oh, are you so-and-so's son? Are you so-and-so's son? And I fucking hated it. Now I know that before he fucking dies, people will go up to him and say, are you so, are you Sounds related like to so-and-so? Yeah, exactly. And he's going to have to no choice but to swallow it, eat it, and say, yep, and I fucked that up because I threw that lottery ticket away. So fuck off. It's heartache, my last name now. Heartache drive. You know, when you think of Benitez, you think of me, and that's all you're going to fucking there think you of. Yeah, baby. Love it. Last one. What was the first time you ever became of a world or national event? World or national event? Like 9-11 or something like that. Wait, repeat that question. When was the first time you became aware of a world or national event? Like, like for me, I was oh, five years I, old. I can tell you when. Moon landing. My dad yeah. pulled me into the room. We're watching them, them land on the moon. I can tell you exactly when. What is it? Uh, it was, there were two, same year. Okay. 1994. Eighth grade, I'm guessing. No, 1994, <laughs> fourth grade. Um, it was the OJ Simpson trial. That was big. I knew that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah, Tim McVeigh. What a piece of shit. And then I remember when they had to two blow up. Two pieces of shit. Yeah. Well, you know, talk about you know, trauma. That's how I grew up. Yeah, <laughs> 90s kids, bro. Seriously. We've been through it all. <laughs> I did not have sex with that woman. You didn't. <laughs> Blowjobs, blowjob. Oh, baby. <laughs> All right. This is my probably my favorite big three question. Okay. Give me your three favorite curse words or phrases. Oh, man. <laughs> like the one you just love landing on people. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I love fuck. It's the greatest it. word. It's the best. Like, we're from Jersey. It's the way we use it. It's right. like, fuck this, fuck that, motherfucker, right. fuck face, come fuck, like all that shit. Um, I love fuck. Um, I do enjoy the word shit. That's a great word. At these things, it's such a broad term. It's such a broad term. It's like, ah, oh, how you feeling? Shit. But even when you say something like, I took a shit. Yeah, I took a I shit. Mean, it just feels good to say it. Yeah. And well, then like, I, I'm going to tell you my... Shithead is a great word shit for Shithead's a great one. Dip so shit. definitely fucking shit are my two favorite ones. Now, I know for the third one, people probably think I'm going to say something like, you know, the C word, which I'm not. Only because the C word's only bad here. You're talking about cunt or what? Yeah. Okay, cocksucker. What? Okay. Cocksucker's a good one too. I like That's the word cock too. It's yeah. a strong, powerful word. <laughs> Isn't it a great one? But like cunt gets used all over the place. Yeah. Like it, it, they just throw it around. Laney hates that. In some places, it's a term of endearment. 
Yeah, in England, they, they yeah, like it's like ah, what's up, you cunts? And yeah, it's like, yeah. Ah, we're friends. I'll tell you a word that I love. What? <laughs> tell me. Twat. Oh, it's the greatest word. <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude, that guy's that guy's such a fucking twat. Exactly. My wife hates that word. I think it's the it's the one. Like that. <laughs> it's like the. T- t- Is your wife the, okay mm. with the word tits? Yeah, she's fine with tits. She doesn't okay. like the word moist. <laughs> no woman does. It fucking. Dr- she goes. Ugh. She gets the cringe. I'm like, oh, it's the humidity is horrible. It's so moist, moist outside. <laughs> all right, so fuck in all its iterations. All of it. Shit. Shit. But I, I like different words. Like, like you got shit for brains. You dip oh, like shit. Phrases. Yeah, I mean, like I like I using really, shit within a phrase. Is my I point. love the phrase "fuck face." <laughs> <laughs> I do like when I talk about people like that I don't like I'm like you know and then you know fuck face over there right. like it's just someone whose face you just hate it so much that it's, it should only be you shouldn't even look at it, it should only be meant to, for getting fucked right like, you just fuck face like you're just a horrible horrible person you're fuck face um, that's also my aunt Rosie's favorite term she's like I fuck face over there like, I think I actually got her a mug for Christmas one year that said Merry Christmas fuck face <laughs> Like that's one of my favorite terms. What is it like? What is your, what is the one phrase your mom used to say to you that just would like cut right to you? It wasn't a phrase. Okay, it was an action. She would say your name, look you dead in the eyes, and raise one eyebrow. Oh no! Yeah, before the rock, there was Mary Lou. Wow! Oh, dude, when that eyebrow came up, you knew like, oh, I'm gonna get my ass beat. Like, there's no way around this ass whooping. It's coming. I don't know, man. There was one time I remembered like hanging out with this guy. We were playing basketball or something like that. I was the second or third grade, and he said, "What are you a fucking retard?" And like, I don't know why it just cut me so cut much. Cut you, huh? I don't know why. Yeah, I'm like, I'm smart. You know, Dude, you know what's funny? Uh, speaking of that, like, you can't use that word anymore, uh, which I think is retarded. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Be, like, be able to it's use a great it. word. The word literally means slow. Exactly. Like, like, like when you talk about music, there's, you know, like a retardo classical. Like, yeah, it yeah, means yeah. it's slower. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you can't use that word. Uh, today at work, I was, we were talking about like old TV shows. And I was like, remember Living Color? And they're like, yeah. I was like, do you great guys show. Remember? I was like, you guys remember Handyman? Right. <laughs> and they're like, what? And I pulled it up. I'm like, you could never show do this. If you want to watch something cringeworthy, go look up right. in Living Color, Damon Wayne's handyman <laughs> it's the greatest wow <laughs> well they they also did the uh the the two gay guys too hated it you know they hated it i mean they really were on the edge two snaps and they were <laughs> dude they were fun to have they're you can't do that today though but they I'll, were, give you, I'll give you the word that just absolutely kills me though and i know as soon as i say it, you're gonna be like oh yeah prick has anybody ever called you a prick i refer to myself as a prick all the time oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that word like I don't know why it just sounds really digging. Like for me, like if someone's like he's a dick, he's a cop. Yeah, I could deal with that. I'm like, it, to me, I'm just like eh, that's just you being upset. But when someone's like he's a prick, yeah, I'm like I earned that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like I earned that. Like someone being a dick is like I just did something you didn't like. Yeah. Someone being a prick, it's like, oh, I went out of my way. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I am. I tell people like I'm a prick. My sister will tell people, she's like, I love my brother. My brother is a prick. Like yeah. everyone thinks he's funny. And that stories. means it's a personality thing. Well, my sister and she gets it. She's like, everyone thinks my brother just tells stories and makes jokes. She goes, no, if you, my brother doesn't like you, yeah. he's a prick. <laughs> right. He will make you feel <laughs> stupid and unlike, 
worthy of living and make make you feel ostracized right. and just make your life a living hell. He's a prick and he's really good at making people <laughs> feel like shit. I take pride in that. I tell people all the time, like as as much as I am nice, I can make you feel horrible because <laughs> I'm a prick. All right, brother. We're back. We're back. I'm excited for the next episode. Yeah. Should we give them a hint? Should yeah, we give them not? a hint? All right, look. It's the 80th episode. 80th episode coming up. I have to do a lot. This is taking a lot of homework on my part. So let's ask the okay. listeners. That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. A thousand people got us in their top five on right. Spotify rap. Here's what it is. Roy, a thousand okay. people Pretty crazy. have our podcast as one of their top five us podcasts. Us two fucking pricks. Two pricks. <laughs> Just talking shit. Exactly. It's like Rogan, Lex Friedman, us, other real podcasts. Right. It's like, oh my God. It's like, how did we sneak in there? And how do they not know about us by now? It'll get there. I'll tell you. All right. So. All right. So what I wanted to do, if anybody could, you know, that listens to this, please, I, I don't know anything about DM. and Send it to the DMs. DM the Tapping In podcast. DM Prof Miguel. DM at BB Roy. All right. Or you can, maybe when I put this up there, I'll add it as a question. Okay. And then just, just type it in the polls for the question. Okay. I'm going to upload this. this probably tomorrow or Saturday. Okay. We're going to start giving out the tappies. These are awards for the best lines you've heard. The ones that crack you up, the ones that like make you think, the ones that like bring an emotion to you. Yeah. And just even something like, what are your favorite impressions that Miguel does? Yeah. Like, what's like something that you heard and like, you're like, is it the Tom like impression? Is it the Gordon impression? That's my favorite one to do. <laughs> is I just it go, the Gary? <laughs> By the way, he was on Jocko. Okay. Fantastic interview. Okay. Killed it. Never used the Tom voice. I was like, God damn it. He's using his normal voice. Right. But these that are your favorite moments, your favorite aspects of the show. And I just want to give out awards on those. Uh, on that. Yeah. Who was your favorite uh, guest, special guest? Yeah. You know, was it uh, Katie Hooven? Sam McHale. Sam McHale was fantastic. Ben was great. Matt Broad. Tom. I feel like we had some. Gordon. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. (laughs) We had Gordon Ryan on the podcast. Fucking amazing. And your impression of him is fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, like, let's be honest, like, I'm the best. So I moved the needle. Yeah, man. Yeah, let us know so we can talk about it on here. Send it in because I got so many favorite lines that I've been writing down. I know my favorite line. The Entenmans. That's my favorite line. Because <laughs> like, I meant it when I said it. <laughs> That's a great one. But my favorite is uh, when uh, you were doing uh, Tom. Oh, talking about. <laughs> what, you want to fuck my mom? That's what you want to No, this is the best part. You go, he goes, you better do her good or something like that. You better be ready, boy. You better be ready. <laughs> He'll say that out of nowhere. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I'll be like, oh, Mr. Blast, you look beautiful. He goes, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> just my I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Just fucking trying to compliment the lady. She's the best. I love her. She's the absolute best. Woo! All right. We're done. Talk to you guys next week. Goodbye.